This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's Wednesday the 8th of April 2020, in the third and final part of my interview with Gary Taylor-Fletcher. We discussed the Premier League relegation fallout, the defeat to West Ham in the Championship playoff final, the rest of GTF's time in Tangerine, and his subsequent career after leaving Bloomfield Road. I'm John Aspinall, and this is the Seasiders Podcast, episode 159. GTF Part 3. Ding, ding, ding. Seconds out. Round three. I'm here with the main man, GTF. Yet again. We're, uh, we're, we're bezies now, aren't we? Yeah. A good few nights. <laughs> we're going to get this finished, hopefully, tonight. If not, it'll be uh, round four tomorrow. And you know, It's been good, though. What do you call four? What do you call four goals if you've scored four goals? Is it a double brace or something? There's not a name for it, is there? Quad. I don't know. Quad. I'll have to ask Andy Morell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a bit before your but time, though, wasn't it? He's got four well, away at Swansea. That was the year before, but I did play with Moss, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. quality, weren't he? Yeah, he's a good player, Moss. Yeah, Moss, is that what he's called? Yeah, Moss, yeah. <laughs> yeah, still speak to him now. Yeah. yeah he's a good lad, Moss, yeah. Let's get him on air, yeah, actually. Mine, yeah, mine and uh, my lad and his daughter were born literally a day apart in the same hospital or two days apart in the same hospital. So... We had the sort of that to get thing of okay. both having new babies, misses, and then right. live quite close to each other. So yeah, we were. He lives yeah, in your neck of the woods, does he? Quite, he? No, where I used to live, he used to live not far. Um, but our wives got on and the babies and stuff. So yeah, we were quite close to them. He does a bit of punditry on uh, Radio Lanks every now and then. I think he's quite good. He's a he's a decent. Yeah, he's good. He's, yeah, he's good. Very very uh, knowledgeable, and he's obviously got a good good background, good ground with the managerial experience at Wrexham and stuff and that. So I'm surprised he hasn't had a job since, but um, I know he's been looking and applying, but no one seemed to have, uh, he, because he had quite good success there. 
you know, they won the was it the FA Vars and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Nearly got promoted, got to the playoffs and that. So, yeah. There's, a, there's always an opening for um, presenters on the Seasiders podcast, guys. So um, if you yeah. <laughs> if yourself and him are uh, kicking around not doing much, you might get a call. I'll get my agent to give you yours a ring. See if we can yeah, come to some sort of arrangement. Yeah. It's only fifty quid a week in the summer, though. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you're used to that, though, aren't you? Yeah, used to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So let's pick on pick up from where we left off uh, the other night. So we've been relegated from the Premier League. You've raided a burger van. Holloway didn't like it. You've eaten all the hot dogs in front of him um, and then gone off on your holidays <laughs> and then yeah. come back. So I want to first um, pick up on the contract situation for yourself and, and the other lads, you know, the ones that have got us promoted. Obviously, Charlie's gone, DJ's gone, and then vaughn has gone. So that's a massive hole left in the squad. So we've got to pick ourselves up and go again. But the the contract situation, I believe, wasn't great amongst yourself and the rest yeah, of the players. Well, no, we all the there was the the ones who when we got promoted didn't have the the wage rise. Also, had in the contracts he he put in that if he went down, we went back to what we originally on, whereas no one else did. So you know Holloway wasn't happy with that because we were the mainstay squad. You know the players he was bringing in was on a lot more and. Um, Carl was quite adamant that he was happy for us to stay, stay on sort of what we were on. So, you know, so ones, so person, ones that, so ones that have come in Premier League, they didn't have their wages dropped. No, when they got no, relegated. Was, but, but you yeah. guys, the one that ones that got us promoted, got them the money, got them a wages yeah. halved. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I was just adamant that, you know, he he was offering us new contract, but it wasn't anything near what we were on the year before or what a lot of other people were on a, a lot, lot less. So I was quite happy that I only had a year left. I was just going to see me contract out, just stay on that and then then move on. Um, and quite a few of the other lads were as well. So um, Did Ollie, did Ollie fight know, your corner to start with? He was, yeah. He, he was, you know, he, he didn't want me to see me contract down. He wanted me to sign a new contract. He wanted to get us all tied down. But um, I think in the end, Keith sorted us quite early. Um, Evo Cranes did, uh, but I was just adamant that by sorted. What do you mean? They 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 agreed something with them. They agreed something with them and, and had signed and was happy. But um, so so they uh, did they take this fifty percent cut and then leave it at that. We all we all, we all we all we all had no matter what we all had the fifty percent cut. So um, Keith agreed to go on something so the Cranes uh, I think Cranes was out of contract at the end of the Premier wasn't he uh, I don't so know he, he, he was, he was at, yeah he was in a very good position that he could leave if he wanted to right. but because um, he was out of contract you know he had sort of Carl sort of by the over the barrel curlies, but <laughs> I yeah me I still have another year left so basically he was saying to me you, you take a, a tiny increase um the two years or you just see out this year so I was like well I'll just see it out and um, I think it, I had to end up signing a new contract till the end of things about five six games into the league into the season and I remember every at least every week over the off season he was calling me in um, you know Carl. Carl yeah and it was it was funny because you'd obviously you'd go into his office and he'd be on his computer and you could tell straight away that he was on the AVFTT website the, with all the fans, and you could tell if he was in a if he was in a bad mood, 
there was just no point. And after about three times of going in to see him, I just said to him, listen, I'm not even going to stay. I said, I can tell that someone's got you, you know, someone's got you back up or something. You're in a bad mood. So I ain't going to, you know, there's no point talking to you. And anyway, it rattled on, the season started. And in the end, I just said to him, well, you know, I'm not signing. You know, if, you, if what you're offering, I'm not signing. Everyone else is on far more than what you're offering me. So, you know, for me personally, what I've done for the club, the standard I, I've had in the squad, um, you know, the, there was no way I was signing for what they were offering. And um, I remember started off really well. I think I scored, well, I scored the first goal against Hull. Scream of that, I remember it. Yeah, it was, it was a, yeah. a volley with the outside of your foot into the top corner. Yeah, and then I scored a similar one against Coventry. And there was a few clubs sniffing around in the August. Um, a few rang up and made inquiries, and I think you realised, well, hold on a minute, I ain't going to be able to see to sort of see this out to the end of the season. And I think it was at the day after the Coventry game, he's called me in, um, and obviously scoring a goal like that was. You know, he couldn't really, he didn't have an argument to stand on saying, you know, that it weren't one of the main players in the squad or anything. So by this walk, so by this Coventry game, you were still on this noddy contract where you've taken a half, 50% cut? Yeah. From the Premier yeah. League, right, okay. Yeah, so that was... And you were happy just to see this down and Carl's... Yeah. Just, right, okay. Now yeah. he's called and you back into his time. office. It was, some, it was, the, it was, the, was it the Coventry game or the Ipswich game when we won 2 no, It was one of them anyway after that we... That we he called me in, and I remember walking in, and he was whistling and in a good mood. And I just thought to myself, I'm having you here today. And then I thought, lad, you know, I'm getting what I wanted. So went in, and he was like, right, here's your offer. And I was like, no, listen, I told you what I want. I'm not signing for anything less. He was like, no, no, no. I said, listen, I know there's been clubs inquiring. I said, I'm happy to to see it out to the end of the season, and you know, we'll go from there. I said because what a lot of other players are getting paid here is far more than what I'm asking. So there's, you know, I'm just, I just want what I deserve. I mean, you deserve and to be on parity at, at the very least. At yeah, the very yeah. least. Um, and I, it was one of them, we, we were arguing to and from, but he was in a good mood. And I just thought, right, I just said, right, well, you're not going to give me what I want, so I might as well go home. So I did, I got in my car, walk, walking out, in my car, halfway home, had a phone call, come back, come back, I'll, I'll give you it. So I was like, right, okay, so I went in. Right, okay, yeah, um, I want it back dating as well. No, no, I'm not doing that. I said, well, everyone else has been paid what they deserve and stuff till the beginning of the season. So I want it back dating till the start of the season. No, I can't do that, I can't. I said, listen, I do, you know, I said, that is not even half of what the top earners are on. I said, you know, I want it back dating. No, no, no. I said, right, okay, going home. I said, I'll, you know, it's less than, thingy. I'm going home. So again, went to walk out. Right, okay, I'll give you it, I'll give you it. I'll back date it. I was like, right, okay. And I want the same money as the top, the same appearance money to make, make me a bit higher. And he was like, right, okay. And in the end, he just agreed to everything. And I got what I wanted. I was happy with it. And, you know, for me and my family, it was security for, for two years on, on. I wouldn't say it was what I deserved because we deserved a lot more than what, obviously, he was paying us, but yeah. I was happy with it and yeah. I was enjoying my time. I didn't want to leave Blackpool, but um, it was the game of chess with him that, you know, 
I, I feel that, you know, I finally got one over him after all them times when he had us in contracts and stuff and all that, that, you know, I thought, right, I'm, I'm happy today. I've, I've won my battle with him today so I can go and enjoy it now. <laughs> Tell you what, guys, this will be music to a lot of the ears of a lot of Blackpool fans out there, particularly those yeah. on the ABFTT. So, yeah. so you, you you did all your own contract negotiations by the sounds of it, didn't you? Have an agent? Yeah, he, 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 I did, but he wouldn't deal with agents. He wouldn't oh, deal with agents. Of course, and it was one of them. They they just got in the way, and uh, I was always speaking to him, speaking to my agent. You know, he's, this is what he's, and he he was giving me a little bit of advice. But I just I I found it a bit easier to deal with Carl myself because I knew what he was like, and I knew. As I said, that day I knew I was getting what I wanted when I, as soon as I walked in. Obviously, we'd won. I think I think it was after the Ipswich game, we'd won, I'd scored. And as I say, it was coming towards time when people were starting to ring up and, you know, what's happening and what's happening. And yeah, it was a, it was a good feeling that day on the drive home. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it just blows it. Like I've said before, it, it it's unbelievable, but it is believable knowing what we know about Carl and, and the Oystons, but you know, it's it's such a a kick in the bollocks really, isn't it, for the for the players that have got him, yeah, him and his family all, all that, that money that, and all the Yeah, that was the thing that the all the players who came in who were signed sort of premier year the year after and stuff, it was as if they'd done it got them all the money yeah. and done it and, and you know, had been there for we'd been there for four or five years. Yeah. But because we'd been there for four or five years, he he thought, well, you know, I've would give them a career. I I I they owe me really. Right, was that his mentality? You know I mean? That was his mentality, and you know, as I said, we'd been there for that long that he thought we'd just take mediocre, and he weren't bothered about giving everyone else twice as much as any as the ones who'd been there. Got them all the all the the, the money and the promotions and played all these years and the Blackpool through and through players and you know as I say I just thought you know what I'm not I'm, I've had enough I've played to you anymore. yeah so yeah. this this stance on agents just before we start kicking off about the season this stance he had on agents what was what was the sort of opinion of it for footballers and the professional footballers and what did the wider football world think of this stance and him and and the agents what was um, it I think it's it was just that was just his mentality. He didn't want to do. Don't get me wrong. He did deal with agents like the, the first time when I very first moved. My agent was there. He never turned up. Might have been because my agent was there. You don't know. But um, what was his beef just, with agents then? He just he just didn't like to just didn't like to speak to them because obviously he had to pay them as well. Is it because the agents so, obviously going to try and squeeze more money out yeah, of him? They want they want they want more money. They for the player for themselves so you know he, he he doesn't like that he'd rather just deal with the player himself and is it so so he can that. almost not bully but sort of yeah, uh, over, well, overpower yeah, probably, younger players and ones that are a bit wetter behind the ears kind of thing and more mild-mannered yeah. players yeah as I say he, he, he used to do it all the time like if he was signing a player he'd ring up the club he was signing from and know exactly what money they were on what little contract Clauses they had in it, goal bonus, appearance bonus. He'd find out everything before he made the the offer to the player, and you know that was just his way way of dealing it. And as I say, <laughs> it's as if you know they he's signing players to come and play for the club, but it's as if you know he's give, doing them a favour by signing them. Mm. 
you know what I mean? That's how what he sees, you know, he's given them a, a chance to come and play for Blackpool, whereas, you know, at that time I was like, well, I've had my chance coming to play for Blackpool and I've done really well and there's a lot of other clubs trying yeah. to give me a chance. Well, yeah. So, yeah. So, buyers and uh, buyers market, I suppose, seller's market view, selling yourself. So, do you, the business that we did in the window between uh, getting relegated uh, and the start of the season was very poor. Um, as we've said, Kevin Phillips, Barry Ferguson uh, and Tom and aside, we didn't really sign much quality. And was the Yeah, well, I think Angel was a good sign. Yeah, Angel was. Angel, Angel turned out well. Um, that was a, a, just a lucky punt almost, wasn't it? Yeah, well, he, he, was a, he was a lucky, so was Tom. Yeah. So it was Tom, you know, he was a young lad coming from Liverpool. It was that Gerardo Bruner uh, as well, wasn't there, with Tom and... Yeah, Gerardo, he was the one who was um, more thought of at the start. Yeah. Um, and to be fair to Tom, Tom was quite patient because I don't think he sort of played the first few games. He no. was in and out on the bench and stuff, but it was, you know, you could see he had the quality, but it was as if they were just getting used to playing men's football because they'd been in the, in the youth game, you know, and I think it was a, a big step up for them. Uh, playing academy once, football was obviously a lot different from what you were describing in the first yeah, first episode it's, about um, playing for Northwich when you were, what, six, 16? Yeah, it's, it's a massive difference playing against kids and it's a totally different game as well. So, you know, he, he took a little bit of time used to get used, get used to that. But, you know, what I played him, Matty Phillips, as I say, that year, the, the team we had, the, the squad, as we were just talking to before, although we signed some crap at the beginning, I think the squad at the end of that season, the team at the end of that season and the playoff team were stronger than the, the squad we had in the Premier League. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. So. Right, so let's let's kick off the season then. Um, you touched on it earlier, the, the 1-0 win at Hull. Uh, absolutely, that goal you scored, it was sublime. Um I think when I watched this game, this was on TV, I didn't actually go, it was a Friday night, wasn't it? It was the, the curtain raiser for the season. Yeah, it was the, the first game of the season, Friday night. Um, we hadn't had a great pre-season, you know. Surprise, surprise. We were, <laughs> yeah, we we were... So we, we've got Rangers, we got beat by Rangers. Um, got beat by Rangers. Got beat by Oldham. Beat by Oldham. Beat, beat Hibbs. And then who's that? FK Jagvelt. Who the hell's that? Yeah, can't, don't can't remember that. I don't even remember. <laughs> um, I'm sure that was away. I'm sure we. That's at home. It says home there. It says at home, yeah. But I'm sure we went somewhere. Chef um, United drew at home and got beat by Lancaster. So yeah, it was a bit yeah, of a shocker. So I would say yeah, it weren't weren't the best, but you can never read much into preseason anyway, can you? It's just no. trialists and no. You know. I remember just we played Lancaster, but. In between that game and the whole game, I think we played them on the, I think that must have been the Monday. Tuesday we had off and then the Wednesday we played Blackburn in a behind closed doors friendly. How did that go? Well, it might have, been, might have been before. We won 4-0 and he put the starting team out yeah. from the whole from the whole game. And he hadn't played, he'd obviously mixed it all up in the other games and, and things like that. But he put that game out uh, put the team out and I think it was it was 3-0 and we absolutely battered them and I think that gave us all a little bit of positivity mm. um, and then I remember the whole game I was getting a low obviously an ex-hole player um, only played five games for them but for some reason um, from when it. I was at Lincoln and from when I was at Lincoln at Huddersfield always seemed to have a little bit of 
a bit of banter with them and stuff, scoring against them. There's a few times they beat us 3-0 and they were singing my name, but like, every game when we won, I seemed to score against them. Right. I remember that game, they were giving me a little bit of stick. And, uh, I think we played quite well from memory. We, we, we played, knocked it around very well. well. Yeah, we knocked, we knocked it around very well. And I think we just, we've done everything by our score. And it was one of them games where it would have had to take something special to, to break the deadlock, you know. Talk us uh, through that goal. I just remember all all through the weeks before, like we used to hit that diagon stuff and then get the ball in the box. But Holloway was always piping on about, you know, when we're around the box, you've got to produce something special. You've got to be a little give and goes, little one-twos. And me and Billy had had a, a good sort of link up um, throughout the whole of pre-season and that. And I think that game, I don't think he started. I think he come on a sub, Billy Clark. I think it was me, Brett and, and Kev. Um, started the game but Billy had been flying in pre-season we were all surprised that he never had come on a sub and I think it changed the game a little bit and I remember picking a ball up wide right I think I've gone past one and then he's just he's just shown and I just remembered well we've been we've been doing it in training just pass the ball and then just make that run in behind and he's done a great little flick over and the ball's just bounced it's bounced quite high when you look at it it bounced quite high and I've had to sort of get right up over it, but I've managed to catch it sweet and, you know, went in. But luckily, it was at the Blackpool end, so our fans were just to the right. But for some reason, I ran to the left where the whole fans were because obviously they'd be giving me a lot of stick and stuff. Um, so celebrating in front of them and then went over to our fans at first. <laughs> but I think that gave everyone a little bit of a lift after the hangover of going yeah. down in the Prem and stuff. And, you know, Hull City were, were going to, they'd spent quite a lot of money. They were one of the favourites for getting promoted. Um, I think Nigel Pearson was in charge that year and they'd spent they'd spent a lot. I think they had um, Jay Simpson in from Arsenal. Um, they'd signed him um, up front. Um, and it was just one of them games where after the game, we were just absolute buzzing because, you know, we we got the win and we fully deserved it. And, Everyone was talking about, oh, there's going to be a hangover from the Premiership and stuff and all the players that have left with Charlie and DJ going. So to go and win that first game was a, was a big boost. Mm. So we followed that up with a 2-1 win at home to Peterborough. 2-1, Kevin Phillips with a brace. So just want to briefly touch on Kevin Phillips. Um, I was a bit, is he past his best when he when we signed him? But he was quality player still. I mean, how, how good was he in training? Was he? Oh, he was well when he when he comes to trade, <laughs> he was un- he was unbelievable. Obviously, I think he was. What, how old was oh, he then? Did he have a special was. arrangement where he he didn't he trained at home or something? No. Yeah. So on a on a on a Monday and Tuesday, uh, to be fair to him, he the Holloway said just come in Thursday Friday because he was fit as anything. He every he he complete the bleep test. You know, at, at thirty eight, whatever, he'd complete the bleep test and. Unbelievable fitness, you know, looked after himself, done everything right. Um, and all the way said to him, well, listen, no point, because he used to live, obviously, he stayed up in Birmingham. Um, so all the way was like, you don't have to drive all that way, you know, just come in Thursday, Friday, and we'll go from there. And so special treatment him, almost, isn't it? Yeah, he, to, be, but to be fair to him, probably every other Tuesday he'd be in. How would he? He'd, he'd, he'd come in anyway because he obviously he'd, he'd want to come in and um, obviously if we had midweek games he'd be in but he was absolute quality I just knew that if you give him the ball anywhere 18 yards in 
inwards, it'd be in the back of the net. Yeah. And, you know, he must be a great feeling to have a player like that alongside you. You know, get a, get a, get the ball to him in a certain area and five five times that ten yeah, is going to go in. It, it, it was it was unbelievable. Like some of the finishes that he'd done, I remember there's Brighton away it, sticks in my Brighton. mind. When he chests it, and <laughs> he just waits. Just, does he? he just waits. Instead of, instead of just smashing it, he just like got a good contact and just Look, it, 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 a volley loop over the ball, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, just lifted over, and as I say, he, he was unbelievable. Best finisher I've I've seen um, and played and, with, is he? Yeah, yeah. But he, the thing was, though, he was a really good lad as well. He he, he helped everyone. He, he had time for everyone, and no, no airs or graces why. about him. At no, all. no, no, you, you can see why he, he's gone on and that he's, you know, had a, a good career in coaching and managing because he was, he was unbelievable round the, round the squad and round the, round the pitch and, and it's changing room. So yeah, obviously we signed Kevin Phillips, a, a big name player, also a very big name in the footballing world was Barry Ferguson. So what sort of an influence did he, he have on the team and the squad? Yeah, well, Baz, he was, as you say, he was a leader, he, he was a winner, um, he played for Rangers, played for Birmingham, captained everything. And you could see that just in his persona. You know, he, he wanted to come in and he wanted to to win and be the best. And what he said, because I remember before he'd signed, um, it was one of the days when me and Keith had been called in to speak to Carl um, over pre-season. And as we walked in, Barry was there. And we were like, well, what are you doing here? You know, he, he didn't know he'd signed him. You want to come in? Yeah. Well, he was, you know, all the best dealing with him. And he was like, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> you know, if he's going to be stupid, I'm just going to walk out of there. And, you know, he, he ended up signing. But he, great player. Great to have around the, the dressing room as well. So I think with Charlie going, with DJ going, Holloway's looked at him and thought, you know, we've got a lot of good young lads coming through the likes of Matty Phillips, Tom Ince. So we need to get a little bit more experience again. You know, Charlie, Vaughan, DJ, all older players. We had a lot of the younger players come through. And a lot of the players we signed that year were younger players like Bob Addis and stuff. So I think he realised that we did need to get a little bit of experience, but the right kind of experience, not like a BT and Andy Reid who, you know, just wanting to come and, you know, just pick up money and just be part of the squad. He highlighted them two players as two experienced players, but would also have done it at a highest level and be winners mm. and come and take help take the rest of us on as well. I remember when when in the, the news boat that we'd signed Barry Ferguson, I didn't quite believe it. Um I said I said to me mate, I said, What the Barry Ferguson? So it was a it was quite a coup, wasn't it, when when that was announced. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. But I remember like one of the things Barry said was the one thing I remember he, he, he said I had a lot of offers. He said, but I just remember playing against you last year. And just thought, wow, I'd love to play wow. in a team like that. And that was that was the main reason why he signed. He said, obviously, with Holloway, the way we played, he he said that I, he thought that it would prolong his career as well by coming and playing in a team like us. Awesome. So, That's really interesting. So no doubt he, pro- he could have probably got more money elsewhere or a bit more. Do you think he- probably, maybe, probably, but I think as well. The jocks love Blackpool. <laughs> so the Scottish, Scottish, Scottish love Blackpool. You know, it's probably one of them things as well. But yeah, he just said, you know, I remember playing against you and Holloway and stuff, and how he's played and absolutely loved it. So it was a big thing, and yeah. it's nice to hear players 
you know, that they've, they've known, seen and noticed, you know, res- what we were doing and how we were playing. Yeah, respective your peers, yeah. yeah. Jaggy Thistle's obviously a big pull. Have you heard of that bar in Blackpool? It's where all the sweaties yeah, go. The Jaggy Thistle. It's a... No, it's a sk- that. Yeah. <laughs> You're not missing much. It's a, it's a dive bar where all the jocks go, anyway. Right, so let's let's take... Can, if you can get the wiki page up... Um, yeah. So let's take the season from Peter Begraham onwards. So in August and September, is there anything that stands out to, to you there? Obviously, there's a, the Coventry, Coventry Graham that we've discussed. Um, yeah, well, there's, there's the, uh, obviously the Brighton game when Kev scored them two goals that come back, um, you know, 2 0 down. And to come back and draw 2 2 is a big thing, especially after getting beat by Derby um, at home. So that was a, a big thing. And, I think drawing with Palace because they were quite, quite uh, a team that was they thought was going to push on and, and get promoted that year. So to go away to them and draw, um, sorry, just one second. <laughs> can, can you hear me loud in the background? <laughs> one second, just go and tell them. It's all right. I'll shut the door. I can shut my window. It's cold. <laughs> Shut me door. <laughs> but this is happening in a hell of a lot of uh, virtual conferences yeah. around the world at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so and then uh, Palace, Palace away, one-one. Bap scoring. Yeah. Bap scoring. Yeah. Some yeah. unusual occurrence. Yeah, and then obviously Ipswich at home, a good two-nil win where me and Barry scored. I can't even remember. I'm trying to think about that game. I can't even remember that goal. So like as a as an ex-pro, do you remember all your goals? Or just a good one? Um, I can remember the whole one. I can remember the Coventry one. Obviously, they're the, they're the good ones. Um, it's just been a scoff. Could have been, yeah. But it, the, the majority of them normally I can do. Like, if I see them, I'm like, I remember that one. Yeah. I remember that one. But that, that game, I just can't can't remember it. All right, so then we have, we've got Cardiff yeah. at home, 1-0. Kevin Phillips again. Uh, Pompey got beat, 1-0. Coventry, 2-2. We've discussed that. Right, here we go. Blackpool 5, Bristol City nil. 1st of October. You bagged. Yeah, and I think that, 37th uh, minute. I scored. And um, I remember John Joe, it was his debut as well, I think. we just was signed it, him on loan. Yeah, was it, like, was it like a screamer he scored? 60, a lot of his goals yeah, were long range, weren't they? Yeah. yeah it was, oh, um, Bogdanovich, Brace. I remember it now. It was a really sunny day. John Brennan, yeah. we had that famous song, um, You Got Bog... We Got Bogdanovich, Oyston Got Very Rich. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He's got two there. That was, yeah, I think that was his one of his first calls as well, wasn't yeah. it, for the club? But yeah, uh, yeah I think we bought t- that week. I think obviously he's looked and he's seen Portsmouth. We got beaten through with Coventry. And I think he did. I think he brought John Joe in. I think he brought Bogdanovich in. Um, and I think he, he got rid of a few players. As we said, we, we bought some some rubbish in that. Mm. That's pre-season. I think he sent a few of them out on loan or... Um, John, John, but no. John Joe, John Joe Shelby wasn't on a, but he was on a decent whack. Yeah, he would have been on, on, but he was say he was a good, very good player. You know, you could say see then that he was going to go on and and have a, a long career at a high level and played for uh, England as well. Yeah, played for England, and you know it was that that time we were a club that people wanted to send players to on loan. Yeah, you know it was it was a big thing. You know there was a lot of teams after John Joe. Um, I remember I played against him when he was, was at Char- um, Charlton when he was a young kid, 16, 17 year old, and back then you'd even could see that he was going to be somewhat special. Mm. You saw his name um, popping up on Gillette quite a lot. 
Yeah, Shelby, yeah, Shelby, 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 John Joe Shelby. Looking looking back at them games, I think the the main change in time for us was that Doncaster game, and I think it was probably the saving grace for Inti because he like similar to what I was like when I had been out of the team and I was getting sent out on loan, and then everything changed when I scored the two. He was going out on loan. He he hadn't been playing. He hadn't been starting. He was going out on loan. I remember he come on and sub that game, and. I remember his first goal, I've won the ball and played it to him and he just had a shot and it was probably going into Rose Ed or whatever, but it took a deflection and somebody looked like it looked like a skyrocket into the corner, into the top corner, but it took a deflection. <laughs> and after that, he just seemed to come alive. Right. He just seemed to get confidence and he went on and scored the winner in the, the last minute and that was a big turning point for him and I think a big turning point for Holloway because I think he realised, well, hold on a minute, you've got Fletch, you've got Kev, he needs to be playing with these players who can give him the experience, can help him through games. And, you know, a lot of the time he'd, he'd play into Tom, me and Kevin in some of them games with Barry and Angel or, or Barry and Keith. So, you know, it, it was a, a big thing um, in that game, which turned and probably gave into the, the springboard to go and have, on, right. have the season he did that game. Billy Sharp scored against us that game. Surprise, surprise. What, yeah, what was he like was, uh, to play against? Have you ever, or have you ever met him on a personal level? Um, He's not, not well really liked not. by Blackpool fans. No, but great, what a finisher! Yeah. You know, <laughs> Always he, score. He's, yeah, awesome. he's one of them players who you say you see his name popping up all yeah. the time, even now. You know, and you just think, wow, what you know, balls in the box. I'm to Kev Phillips. Yeah. Balls in the box. Yeah. It's in the back of the net. He's still doing it, isn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So we've got beat by Forest at home 2-1. We've gone to Burnley and lost 3-1. I don't really remember that. Um, so yeah, two two defeats on the bounce. But then the... Um, I, I got on. injured in the Forest game. It was at home. I got injured. Yeah, that's because you weren't playing with beat then. Yeah, the next four or five <laughs> games, I think I come back. I think it was the Middlesbrough away game again. Or maybe the Birmingham at home, but... Yeah, I was I was injured for about four or five games. So, um, off camera, we were discussing that Leeds game, weren't we? The five nil win at Leeds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you missed what that performance. We were you there in the ground. When you're injured, no, do you have to go to games, or what, what's the uh, protocol? Some games, Saturdays and stuff, you do home get all home games. You do, but away games, no, because obviously I was in training, but. Whether we played that well or whether it was uh, our old keeper, my ex-teammate from Huddersfield and <laughs> yes. Blackpool, Rashubka, threw the first, first three in for us, didn't he? And then <laughs> got dragged at half-time. And, um, was Larry their manager know, was, as well? Yeah, Larry, Larry was their manager. So, you know, it, it wasn't a very good day for them too against an old team. But, <laughs> um, you know, these, these things happen. And unfortunately for Chubbs, he was a really good keeper. But just that day... Don't know what it was. Just nothing seemed to go right for yeah. them, and we benefited benefited a lot from them. So we've beaten Millwall one nil. Gone to Borough, fine, decent two two draw, two two draw away at home to Birmingham. So you're saying you were kind of back around then that time? So yeah, I come, I come back sort of around that that time. Um, and then you look there, we had got like let's say Callum McManaman in on loan. So I think he realised the type of players that we needed in was better than what he'd signed in the pre-season. Probably typical. Yeah. Yeah, typical Owen Oyston wait until, you know, getting all the bargain basements or whoever will accept what and then, as you say, luckily, we managed to get a few players through 
on it's, yeah, it's just like by luck, really, isn't it? It's not good planning. It's just being yeah, scabby, yeah. really, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we've gone to our bogey side. Leicester lost again. Um, 2-0. don't know if you played in that. It always beat us, though. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was back then. It was quite a bit of a mainstay from then on, I think, till the end of the season. So that was probably a bit of a turning point because obviously we've had a, a little bit of a decent run and we always seem to kick on. After Christmas, you know, that, that was that was a big thing that as the season went on, I think it was probably because all the new players had had a little bedding in of how we played and what was expected. And we knew probably by that time, right, this is this is what we expect, this is what we want. And so all can, the clips were ironed out, all the bad eggs were, were gone. We're rooted so, out. It kind of well yeah. it kind of begs the question. If we'd have had all these quality players in, you know, July, August time, that's when you use your time to bed in, isn't it? And that's when you use your time to yeah, it, get used it, to your teammates. So we'd have started on fire and we might yeah, not well, need the playoffs. The pre- yeah, the, the pre-season tours, the pre-season friendlies. You that's know, what that, it's for, that's isn't it? You, yeah. yeah, that's what it's for. But obviously, Carlo Easton used to, he used to come four days before the first game of the season and it's, you know, you could never have to do your work. Like so, is it every every season you were at Blackpool? Was it like that, rushing I loads think in? This, I think this was the only season where we were quite organised and we had quite a few players in early, but there wasn't that many players. There was, I'd say, from the ones that we signed at the beginning. I think Kev was quite late, Barry was quite late, but Angel, Bob, Harris were the only two who kicked on at the start of the season and and. Because that was because you're yeah, signing a lot of substandard players, really, aren't you? Well, that's what yeah, yeah. you sign rubbish. The one thing, well, the one thing we with Holloway in that year was we didn't really sign many, except Barry and Kev. We didn't sign anyone who was known or was experienced in the league. You know what I mean? And that that was a that was a big thing. You know, Bob come from Scotland, Angel from Spain, um, Bash Holton. Um, on quite a, quite good money, and I think we paid a million pound for him, didn't we? Mm. Um, so you know, these these players were were young, inexperienced players, so to speak. So you know, it was it was a time when you need to bed them in. But as a club, as a squad, we needed the players in who were going to start and they're going to play in the season. Really, mm. it's, as long as I've known Blackpool with the Oysters in charge, it's the way they've always done business. It's just stupid. So. Glad they've yeah, gone anyway. I, yeah, I was surprised that I signed on the seventh of July. It's quite early. <laughs> I was <Did> quite you? <laughs> lucky. <laughs> yeah, me, me and Crane's both on the seventh of July, both signed the same day. Yeah. You must have both been yeah. cheap. <laughs> uh, well, he paid he paid money for me, didn't he? So that's, that's that was unheard of. Yeah, that actually, time. yeah. Um, but yeah. I think obviously after the perfect ten, he had a trip to Wembley, so he might have had a bit of money to to spend yeah. and going into the championship. Maybe had a bit of a different different. Loosening of the tight arse yeah, purse string. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, so let's the move in. money was found a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> the players, uh, did that joke run throughout the players as well, did it? Because that was off the message yeah, boards, wasn't yeah. it? Where's the overrod yeah, money? Yeah. Where's Brett's money gone, yeah. <laughs> what did yeah. Brett think of all that? He used to say it all the time. I built a stand. Oh, oh my, that, that money's hid under this stand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do any players go on AVFTT? Or did they? Um... I've, I, I honestly wouldn't know. It was Carl Oyston would be the one. He, he, was he always he on it? Me what people were saying. Yeah. Was he? Yeah. What people were saying. Yeah. Oh, he was on it. 
they had so many different aliases. Apparently, he used to go in and you know, he used to cause an argument with himself, really. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Okay, and so more families that families that went on it, parents and stuff. I know my mum used to be on it all the time. Oh, she? Oh, why are you reading that? I'm not bothered about it. So, you know, she's like, oh, they're saying this. I'm like, well, oh, doesn't matter what they're saying. You know. Right. So we've got beat Reading 1 0, drew at Southampton away. Um, Watford 0 0, beat Barnsley away 3 1. Playing that one. Matty Phillips hat trick. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember that. I mustn't yeah. have gone. Yeah. Oh, we were, we were on fire that day. I think they scored early on against the run of play, but then we absolute. It could have been about six or seven. Really? What I remember. Why did yeah. it go to that? Yeah. yeah. That one got beat by Birmingham 3 0. Away, Baz sent off against his old. Oh team. yeah, the few minutes. Yeah, you remember? Right, yeah. talk us, talk us yeah. through January then. Look at that, all green. Yeah, so that I said that was sort of seemed to be when we kicked on. You know the beat Borough three 0 on the second of Jan. Yeah, Middlesbrough three 0 It was two two away, and then beat Palace, beat Coventry, beat Cardiff. That Cardiff away game as well. That was a big thing because obviously. We beat them in the playoffs. There was oh, a lot yeah. of animosity there, but I think that was on telly as well. Quite a funny, quite a funny, quite a funny story about that. I'd just got, um, I'd moved house and I didn't have Wi-Fi, so I streamed the game on my phone on a four G. And this was like 2012 when there wasn't these big, um, you know, like contracts pay or you go yeah. data these days. Do you know how much it cost me to watch that game? Sixty eight quid. What <laughs> yeah. a cheaper going. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know at the time that it's going to, co- you know, if you go over your, your one gigabyte limit or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But I, I remember that game, we absolutely, absolute battered them. Uh, they were, they were like, I think they were quite high on the table as well. Um, and it was, it was, I don't know if it was 56th or something in the playoffs. We were both high up on telly. Um, so I remember me and Kev absolute just linking up all the time and, just send them Matty and Tom away and they just couldn't couldn't score and then Kev scored and then we put Matty through twice and he's, he's managed to score. Matty could have had four or five that day, not just two, but yeah, we scored he absolutely dominated in, the game. Three in 11 minutes. Yeah, absolutely dominated the game. Um, so you've scored at home to contest. Coventry previous to that. Um, yeah. Last minute winner, 90 plus four. Remember that? Kevin Phillips, 87. Then you... Kev scored... We were one down. Yeah. And I remember that game because I'm sure I was getting, for some reason, I was getting a lot of stick from the Blackpool fans. I remember um, that. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I've scored in the last minute. And you went, ran, uh, you run down to the south end, didn't you? Yeah, I told them all to shut up because they're safe. <laughs> it, was, it was one of them. I, I wonder why you were starting back. to get stick, though. I wonder why you were I getting I don't know because uh, I think, I don't know whether I was keeping. Tom out or and that and all the fans were there was something there was just something towards that time I was struggling with an injury but I remember thinking I'm playing all right here and why did you know why are they giving me stick then it's a bit harsh and then yeah say I think I hadn't scored for a while as well but, it's the fickle nature of football fans isn't it yeah it was let's just say the the two faces anything they'll be slagging me off and then they'll see it <laughs> outside and ask, me, and ask me an autograph but um, that sort of gave me a little bit of a confidence boost I think yeah. and then I remember we played Doncaster um, a little bit later on and that, yeah I scored two yeah. 
Beat him three one. Two, yeah, two nil up, and then Booth scored the penalty where he's dinked it down the middle, and everyone was like, "Oh, he was, oh, he was horrible." Was he the spitter? Is it him? Yeah, he he spat at Jillo um, on the in the tunnel on the way down and stuff and all that at half time. Um, Because he was renowned for doing that, wasn't he? Oh yeah, yeah, he was renowned for it, and as I say, he uh, got a, a. a good win, uh, Doncaster away. New Dicko scored. Uh, New Dicko yeah, scored. He, what was he, he like to play with? And he was raw as anything. raw was... as anything. It bounced off his knee one minute, but then he'd be put in the back of the net the next. You know, he was such Jekyll and Hyde player. But yeah, he went on to have a, a good good career and to Wolves, really well didn't he? At, at Wolves and stuff. Yeah, but he come to us and say he was a young lad. But what he did have was energy and pace. And at that time, we needed it coming off the bench. You know, we needed someone who was a bit more direct. And he used to come on and he scored a lot of important goals in that season as yeah. well. Yeah, over that time. So we got beat 4-1 at home to West Ham. And then we beat Bristol City 3-1 away. That, that concluded March. Uh, going into March now, we've, we've drawn with Hull 1-all. Any other standout games on there for you? It was not looking good, the match, one, was it? You know, no. three, three defeats and stuff. But then you're looking and you're going on to after that. After the, we got, I think we got beat by Redden 3 1. I remember sitting down after the game. We all, I think Barry and a few of us, went in to see Holloway and we were just like, right, we need to, we need to kick on. We need to get back to what we were doing. You know, I think we changed the, uh, the way we were playing a little bit again. And we said, no, we need the players who we can trust. You know, you, you're playing these players, we need the players we trust. And I think we'd signed, I think we signed Dobby that week. And from the end of the season until, from then till the end of the season, he played me and Dobby. as. It was a bit weird because I was the number nine and then he was number 10, but we were both playing. Me and him just used to drop deep and into and Matty Phillips started to play as wingers. But it was a bit like Liverpool now, we had two Firminos, so me and him just used to drop back and work our nuts off, win the ball back. And we had Tom and Matty bombing on all the time and it didn't half work really well. Um, and the same, me and him got a really, really good good connection towards the end of that season. And I know he scored a lot of goals and I think I set quite a lot of them up as well. I mean, look at this Look at this running then from the 31st of March onwards, unbeaten. Um, Until the final. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's quite similar to the previous season where all you players have kind of urged Holloway to just go back to the tried and trusted and that's when it's changed yeah. for the better. So, Yeah, it was, but it's also, the, again, the momentum. We had the momentum going into it. We were in the playoffs. We, I think we were we were touch and go whether we'd get automatic, but I think around about that time, sort of the end of March, I think, was it Newcastle and West Brom, they just pulled away. I think it was them two yeah. that went up that year and they just pulled away and, um, in that run of March, sort of them four or five games where we only picked up one win, they pulled away and were out of sight. But we just seemed to keep going and going and going. We were uh, comfortably in the playoffs, which is quite unusual yeah, for Blackpool. We were, We've always just snuck into the playoffs, yeah. haven't we? It was, it was yeah, quite... we were com- comfortably in, but we didn't let up. We we kept the momentum going. And as you say, going into that playoff final, the, the, the semi-finals and stuff. Yeah, let's let's talk about we, Birmingham then. Um, we'd beaten him 1-0 at home Davis on goal you know, I can't remember this game I can remember the away leg quite well I can't really remember much yeah, of the home game I remember, I remember the away leg the home game's a bit of a blur to yeah. me the away leg I remember um, 
So, I, I, a cross has come in and it was just a little bit above me. And everyone, everyone keeps saying you should have gone for goal, but I've tried to head it back to Angel. And I think he's tripped and fell over and he could, probably would have had a tap in, but they just picked it up. And they were like, why didn't you go yourself? But I was like, was, I couldn't get the, the direction to go for goal. Um, and then it was, it was one of them where, if you remember, I think Baps has gone for an overhead for the first goal. And it's blatant handball. And everyone stopped for a, for a penalty. I think even all their players have stopped. But it just felt a dobby on an angle and he's hit it and it's gone in. Oops. But no one really, really knew it had gone in. Well, yeah. It was, surre- it was surreal. Yeah, it, it was it gone in near post. And we were like, I was. I think I was still claiming for a penalty. So could you, could you not even tell, celebrating. could you not even tell it was in on the pitch? Because we certainly couldn't because we were, it was down the other end. Yeah. We were like, what's yeah, going on? No. Yeah. Well, what's just going so- on and, Seeing a ball in the back of the net, I was like, "What? Yeah, Happy in. days!" And um, yeah, it, it it was one of them where we went two 0 up, and I think we got a little bit complacent. It says Phillips um, forty eight. Was it Matt Phillips? It was, wasn't it? It was Matt Phillips who scored our second. Yeah, forty eight. Yeah, Matt yeah. Phillips scored the second. Yeah, but then I think they brought Big Ziggich on. Yeah. six foot seven, didn't yeah. he? It was, they it brought was, him on at half time, and they were just it was, long ball peppering. Absolutely horrible, and we got the two goals back, and we were thinking, oh, you know, they still need to score two. With the away goals, they still need to score two, and I remember hanging on for dear life towards the end of that game. It was uh, horrible. To, it was horrible to watch. Was it yeah, similar to playing? To watch. Yeah, it, it it was one of them. But obviously, I'm not the biggest, but I was one of our better. I was. I used to use my body well on winning headers and being able to read things and. I remember was that ten last ten minutes. I think he doubled up with me and everyone that Ziggich. <laughs> I was in front of him and he was just looking back, looking up, and he's still a foot bigger than he was. Like, how are we going to deal with him? And um, it was, it was, it was a mad one. But as you say, we we deserved to go through over the two legs. We deserved to go through, yeah. and then you know, we all, up to the West Ham game. It's, we all know what happened with yourself. Obviously, you were injured. Um, tell us, tell us what the injury was, and tell us how it happened. It was. It was the Thursday we were getting on. We were literally due to get on the bus to travel down to to London. I think was it was the Tuesday. It was the Tuesday last kick of training, and we'd done all our shaping stuff. And we were just having little five sides, and I remember the ball's just gone up in the air, and it was me and Lua, and I thought we were just going to jump and challenge for an header. But as I've jumped, he's ducked, and I've just gone right over him and sort of landed on my ankle. But then, because I've gone over him, he's landed on top of me as well. And I just remember at that point, I knew at that point that something bad had happened. And I remember going into the treatment room and I was in tears. because I Not because I was injured or in pain, because I knew at that time I was going to miss the game. And... I remember they didn't want anyone to know, so literally they had to drive my car into the training ground, into the ground, through in the stand. Uh, I had to lie down on the back seat um, and go to hospital. I went to hospital for a scan. Um, but the Vic. couldn't see anything. Yeah, couldn't see anything. No, I didn't go to Vic because they didn't want me to go to Vic. And ended up going, um, it was one junction 27 on the, on the M6. Um so wildly the kit man drove my car. I had to lie down in the back back seat with the seats down <laughs> so no one seen me. 
because they didn't want like the other team to find out or anything. Um, so I remember going. To, it was Wrightington. It was Wrightington Hospital. So you've got, so you've got to do all that whilst knowing that you're going to miss the game. Yeah, it was one. That I, I weren't hundred percent ruled out, but in my you know though, in my don't head you? Head at that time, yeah, in my head at that time, that was it. So got to Wrightington. They done the scan, but my foot was too swollen for them to see any damage. So the report came back that there was no damage. So literally got to the hotel on a Tuesday night and from the Tuesday night until the Friday night, I lived in this game ready booth, which is it's a nice machine, which is attached to a booth. And it was time for every hour it had come on for 20 minutes. So what, what did it do? Sleep. What is it? Sorry. So it was like a big boot that you put on and it was attached like an ice water machine. So every 20 minutes it'd switch on and pump iced water into me, into this boot around my ankle and compress it all and, and ice it. So literally from Tuesday day until Friday night, I was in this boot. Is this just to get the swelling sleep. down? Yeah, it's to get the swelling down and, and, and stuff. And um, on the, I think it was the Thursday night, Phil would come in to see me. But obviously I, I hadn't been able to leave me me room I was having to get people bringing food up to me breakfast me dinner up to me because I couldn't move out of this booth I remember Thursday night Phil's come in he said like let's just go and have a little walk and see how you feel so I took the boot off and there was no swelling at all so went to have a little walk it felt weak and funny but I said right strap it up and see what it's like then and went for the we went for about a, a 20 minute walk and come back in when I got back it was all swollen again but in my head, I was like, I could walk there, you know. So I said to Phil, you know, can I have any injections or anything into it? Get like, through well, the game. Yeah, to get yeah. through the game. He was like, we don't because we don't know what the damage is. I don't know. And he was like, you know, would you do that? And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Right, you would. So yeah. So anyway, next back in the boot all night about two o'clock on the Friday. It was. Um, Obviously, Holloway had wanted to do all his team shape and stuff and and that, but he was still holding out. He said, if you can train, you can do something Friday night, you'll be playing Saturday. So Friday, about two o'clock, took the boots off, strapped it all up, the doc come down, gave me an injection. So about, was it about four o'clock, about two hours later after the injection, when it started to kick in, went for a jog, couldn't feel a thing. Honestly, couldn't feel a thing. I was pinging balls. Absolute leather and balls everywhere. Um, this this was your right. This head. was your right ankle, yeah. Your, your yeah, kicking foot, right yeah. ankle. Yeah. So it was me, my main kicking foot. Um, in my head, I was fine. I was, I, you know, I was fit to play. So anyway, got back to the to the cha- to the room, took all the strapping off, and I've never seen something happen like that. Basically, it went from a normal ankle to as soon as I took the strapping off, you could just see it just go, and just the swelling was there. And like Phil was like, oh, you know, that shouldn't be happening, you know, unless there's some major, major damage there. And I was like, listen, you can't tell a gaffer. I said, I'm just going to ice it again and you can inject me. So anyway, next morning, got up and Phil had spoke to the gaffer and told him, um, and he pulled me in. He said, "Listen, I'm not going to risk you." He said, "I can't." He said, "If there's some damage in there," he said, "any little tweak or anything," he said, "he said I'm not going to risk you." Could be a career ender. And yeah, it could be a career ender. And 
for me, I was I was fuming. I was absolutely gutted. I was arguing and pleading with him, but he was like this, I, I can't do it. So You were saying this to Holloway or to, to Phil yeah, Horner? Yeah, but it, no, to, to, to both. Right. Um, and I remember Barry was there and Barry was like sort of saying, you know, if, if he wants to play, you've got to play and we need them to play. And he was pleading for Holloway to play me and just wouldn't. So it was, it was absolute gutting and heart-wrenching and, you know, it, it's horrible to, to hear. And it's, 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 it's nice to hear all the fans always say, if I was playing, we would have won. And in my head, I believe that as well, but it, it, it's nice here, but not being able to play was, you know, it was devastating. So you knew this on the Friday then? That was when the, is that when they made the call? No, this was, this was Saturday morning. Oh, this was on the morning, morning right, it was on the morning of the game. Yeah, yeah. on the morning before the game, so. So what sort of, what sort of uh, state was it in on Saturday morning? Was it, the swelling gone down? Oh, it was, no, it was, it was like an elephant's foot. Um, unbelievable. So you couldn't have got the swelling down then? No, no. There's no way no. you could have played then, really, is there? No, there's no, no way, no way I could have played. Uh, when when we had the scan, I'd torn all three ligaments around my ankle. Oh, so how I was able to to sort of jog and and, yeah. and run, as I said, any any little thing, and it would have could have snapped my ankle or anything. So it made. So, so they, were, they were looking after your best interests, really, then, weren't yeah, they? So yeah, yeah. You, you, you yeah. suppose you don't um, think that at the time? No, at, at that time, I say I was I was fuming, I was gutted, but at the end of the day, they were looking at at the the medical sort of symptoms of yeah. <laughs> why, why is his foot looking Well, like I, mean, I suppose Phil Horner, he's a professional physiotherapist, isn't he? And he's it's, he's got a duty of care, I suppose, to his players, hasn't he? So Yeah, yeah, and that's what it was. And I remember um, the, in the night uh, after we got beat at the, the we, we went down, we had obviously a party anyway, because it was all arranged and stuff. And I remember Ollie was in tears crying saying you know I, I know that you wanted to play but I wouldn't even do that to to my own son let alone someone who's just a player for me he said you know at the end of the day I've got to look after yeah. your best interest and stuff and you know he said for the team I wanted you to play but at that see he said I'd seen on Friday that he said you might have felt great he said but I could see you limping a little bit he said you might not be able to feel feel anything but I could see you limping and he said, I probably knew then that I weren't going to play you, but this just confirmed it. Yeah, I mean, so, you know. all, all, all the Blackpool fans I speak to and I know, we all say, if you'd have played with one that game. But um, the last two playoff victories I'd seen when we'd beaten Yeovil and then Cardiff, I was confident, I was very confident we were going to beat both of them. But yeah. the West Ham game, every, no one felt confident. It was weird. It's like everyone going down there, we just... We weren't too sure, and I think we kind of knew. We, I just knew we were going to get beat, and then when the news came through that you weren't playing, I was like, "That's it, we've lost." So I was, I was ready to lose that game, but yeah. ironically, we played fucking brilliant. You know, we we bossed large we parts of the game. We were the better team, and we we didn't. I think the the were the one thing that the only thing with that game was in the games before and. Um, Obviously, we had Kev Phillips coming off the bench. And he had to start, he didn't retired. he? He had to start, yeah. And when he started, he didn't seem to... None of the chances fell to him. He was never as effective. It, 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 yeah. it, not that he wasn't effective, but no, none of the chances <laughs> fell to him. And yet, I think he put Roman Bedner on after Kev in the last half hour. And every chance seemed to fall to Roman. <laughs> And you'd probably, 
for me personally, I would have started Lua, and he wasn't even on the bench. Lua, Lua. And yeah, Lua, Lua. I, I would have started him because we were just saying it. He used to love the big games. He was a handful. He was a handful playing at Wembley and against West Ham. I thought I, I would have played, I would have started him and then put Kev on. But it was one of them games where, again, and Howard Webb. <laughs> That's all you need to say. Howard Webb, he was the ref, wasn't he? Was he really? I can't and, remember. Yeah, he, he was the ref. And I remember Baps getting absolute wiped out in the build up to the second goal. Yeah, um, he's gone up with Heather with Carlton Cole. Carlton Cole's wiped them out. Um, refs played on and they've, they've gone through and where Bats would have been, that was where Vastay's tucked it in. Uh, but then just after that, we've played we've played a little one-two and I think um, Ludo would have been clean through on goal and he's pulled it back and gave us a foul. Mm. Yeah, instead that. of playing advantage and Ludo through. And I remember after the game, I've... I've, I've hated him anyway for what happened at the Prem um, with what he with me and I remember after the game I weren't even playing but I was on the pitch absolute screaming me nuts off at him um, just because he was so inconsistent that day you know he'd, he'd let things go for West Ham but then wouldn't let it go for us or like that that decision of not playing on and giving us the advantage to go clean for and score he's pulled it back when you could see clearly someone was going to go through and He's, like a just, big, he's a big, big club ref, isn't he? You can you can just yeah, imagine him being best yeah, mates with Sam Allardyce, can't you? You know, yeah, like having a laugh yeah. and a joke afterwards. Yeah, yeah. And Did that, you say anything to him after? What, to Howard? Yeah. Yeah, well, I say I was on the pitch. I, I, I weren't playing in the game, but after the game, I was on the pitch and giving giving him a right ear, right ear, fully. You know, giving him both battles because I just couldn't believe how inconsistent he was and. He's a top ref as well at the time, wasn't he? He was yeah, FIFA ref. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, um, you know, he was one of the main refs, but just as I say, it was just so inconsistent that day. And the thing was that we did deserve to, we, we, we were the better team, but we couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. You know, Dobby had a few good chances. Matty Phillips um, could have had two, two in the first, in the first half, 10. Yeah. He, yeah, could have two in the first 10 minutes. He's got he's the one who's gone clean through when you probably prefer it to be falling to Kev or yeah. to, to Tom and. You know, Matty's the one who's gone clean through, but... He's pinged it, the great ball through to uh, Tom for his goal, though, didn't he? Do you remember that? Like, yeah, yeah, he has, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, them two, they were, hand, they were, they were unbelievable on the wings. Yeah. And as I say, with them two on the wings, and when we had me and Dobby, that front four that, that season, I wouldn't say there was one better. There was, um, it was that chance that Dobby missed. It's like nine times out of ten. It was like in about 70, 70 odd minutes it was. Yeah. Just pulled back to it. Stuck under his feet. Yeah, he didn't get a great connection with it. Yeah. So you're expecting when you see Dobby there, it's it's in the back of the net. And when he's missed that, I thought that's it. We've lost. I was I was waiting for them to score. I was just waiting for it. And when it went in, um, it was a it was a rotten feeling. So what was the what was the atmosphere like in the dressing room after? Obviously, it's gone (sighs) completely opposite to the 2010. I'd imagine. Yeah, it was. It was. It was obviously gotten, but. A lot of the players sort of had the similar feeling, and as a few have said to me, sort of afterwards, that once I got injured, they knew they had the, the confidence had gone. As I say, we were so confident going into the Cardiff game, and I think with obviously with what had happened and me getting injured so late and in something so innocuous, 
a lot of them were thinking, oh, you know, are we, are we, are, are we going to do this? Are, have we got the, the belief in, in to go and change? And um, I think, as I said, with how me, Dobbs, Inti, and Matty Phillips had played in the nine games before, and you know, it was a, it was a, a massive loss to us in that yeah. final. Time for a quick break in proceedings to say if you're enjoying this content and want to say thanks for the pods, please consider joining our Patreon support programme. Starting from the price of a pint per month, Patreon allows you to contribute towards our production costs, gear upgrades and our drinks tab at the dog. Your support will ultimately make the show bigger, better and I like eating a tin of prunes more regular. You'll also get extra stuff in return like all the podcasts before general release, backstage access to us and our guests exclusive Patreon-only shows, and other random bits and pieces. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash pod to find out more and hopefully sign up. After the game, what did you all do? Did you did you still go to this party you said, or did you just go home? And Yeah, I went, went, to, the, went to the party, but um, it, was, it was, uh, wasn't was like the, no. obviously when we won. Um, the free bar was only for an hour. Um, <laughs> It was. It was free bar was only for, for an hour. We closed the free bar. Um, Owen's down. You didn't get your mates yeah. over to get a big air round yeah. like last time. Yeah. Um, so it was. It wasn't. Um, wasn't good. But the worst thing was probably again the the end of season do a few days later and you know. I don't know why they don't just cancel it and things. Like, yeah. 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 That just was, that it on was the, head. the worst thing. But I think that was the time when we knew that year was going to be the, the last year that... The dream teams and, together, yeah. As yeah. Well. More yeah. break-up of the team. So, yeah. Yeah. as I said to you, as I said to you kind of off off camera before, it was obviously gutting at the time that we'd lost that game, but ultimately, I think, um, if we'd have won that game, we could have been stuck with the Oysters for God knows how long because it's another huge cash injection to them. They'd have hoarded it yeah, more than likely. Could but have been, could, have, could have been stuck with them, but also it could have given give Holloway a chance and we could have stayed up that year. You know, you, could have learned from the mistakes from the year before. Do you think do you think they would have learned though? Do you think the Oysters would have learned? Do you think they'd uh, spent do you think they spent more money? I think I think they would have done, you know. Do you? I think they would have done because getting that money the second time probably would have thought, hold on, we can keep getting that money. Mm. You know, the first time you're like, whoa, whoa all this money, yeah, we're happy that you know keep it and go it down. All, yeah. Yeah, the, the the well bank it yeah, yeah. themselves. <laughs> um, but then the second time, it probably it would have come in again, and probably their eyes would have lit up even more, thinking, "Well, hold on a minute, we could have had this last year if we would have done done the right thing in the year in the prem." But you say it's it's all what ifs and buts, you know. You you don't know what could have happened. Yeah. So season's over. Um, you've obviously taken a break again, so the. The next preseason um, signing players in the transfer windows was, was equally as bad as well. So let's get the uh, let's get the start of the 2012-13 season. Yeah. So we've got we released Luwalawa, Bogdanovic, yeah. Bedner, and Brett. Yeah, obviously Brett went, didn't he? Yeah, Brett went. We were all obviously fuming with that. Um, were you? Yeah. What happened there with um, Brett's release? Just got kicked out. Yeah, just basically, they said it was time for him to go. Um, you know, but we thought that we he still had something to offer. Um, how was how did Brett, was the, how did Brett feel? Did he how did he find out? 
I can't remember how he found out, but I'm sure that he'd agreed something with Ollie and Carl pulled the plug. I'm sure that when he spoke to Ollie, that Ollie wanted him to stay, um, be around around the, the, the squad and stuff and that. But maybe move into a coaching Carl, role, just play a bit every now. Yeah, it'd been great. Yeah. It'd been great to have him on a coaching staff and player management, yeah. player manager eventually, kind of thing. Yeah, well, that that was that was the the sort of thing. I don't know if he'd ever be a coach or a manager or that. You know, he's uh, he's not the brightest. <laughs> I have actually interviewed Brett for this podcast years ago. Like, I've only done very few yeah. players. Brett was one. Yeah, so I have to try and get him on yeah. again. I have to get him well, on to I defend that. <laughs> yeah, Brett. Well, we'll have it in a few weeks. Won't yeah, we, we will. Uh, so we've Brett got when Danny Keith went in that summer. Oh, he did. Yeah. So that was a that was a, a big thing as well because obviously he was a big part of the dressing room and that was when we sort of thought right this team's going to start breaking up with the, the players who've been here for the mainstay of the squad yeah is this the time when people start to leave and that year what it was really so we sold three hundred thousand to Simon Grayson at Huddersfield so we signed John yeah, Fleck Huddersfield John Fleck I I kind of rated him and he's he's. He's at Sheffield United now, isn't he, in the Prem? He was... Yeah, he's flying. He's yeah. a really good player, but just didn't really get a chance to... Sort he of never played. It. Yeah, he didn't play much, did he, from, yeah. from memory? No, no. So, New Dicko back again, Dobbs back again, um, Elliot Grandin, however, returned from extended back, long time. Yeah. I bet you were pleased with that. Yeah, I don't think he lasted <laughs> very long that year, if I remember. I don't know if I got him in the first day or so. <laughs> <laughs> remember me? Oof, have yeah. it. So we've signed uh, Isaiah Osborne. A lot of fans didn't like him. I thought he was all right. He was very decent. Yeah, Ozzy yeah. was a good player. He, he, he put his foot in. And I think, obviously, the one thing with him is the sort of the fans seeing him replacing Keith. That's right. That, that's what they'd seen, that Keith had gone and he brought him in as a replacement. And, you know, Ozzy was a good player, but for Blackpool, he was no Keith Southern. No. You know what I mean? What Keith had done for the club and the fans, I think that, that was the, the, the main thing that, went against them for Blackpool and he was a very, very good player, was he? Thiago Gomez, I remember him as well. He was a tidy little player, wasn't he? Yeah, but that was the year when uh, Holloway had the plan of the development squad and as, say we did, as it says there, we had 34 first-team players, which was unheard of at Blackpool. That was just <laughs> you know ridiculous. I mean, yeah. Do you think that's when... Yeah. Was he doing that just to try and find a GM amongst a, a barrel of shit? Yeah, I think and trying then, to find yeah. another, another Tom Ince or something. Yeah. So how did that all play out then? Where where did they all train all these players? With I'm guessing they weren't with the first team squad. No, we were we were all together. Right. The, the majority of the time we were all together. Uh, there'd be maybe five or six, or you know, who'd go and train with the under 18s, the younger ones who weren't involved. But the majority of the time we all trained together. And then when we were doing any match work or anything, the ones who weren't involved, they went and done a session on their own, like with. Tomo or with one of the other coaches, Macker or someone, right. because Steve McPhee obviously was a coach then at the time as well. So Right, well, we'll just whiz through the season because we're <laughs> unbelievably one an hour and a half again. So this season, we those first three games, we started on absolute fire. And for me, one of these, the two games I saw at home, I think it's a, probably the, the best I've ever seen Blackpool play in these two games, it was just sublime. Even the away, even the, the away game, we were unbelievable. Millwall away. Didn't, yeah, uh, I didn't go to that. but Yeah, we, we were unbelievable. But as you say, the Leeds game, the Ipswich game, I remember the first five, ten minutes, they were on top and we couldn't sort of get out of it. 
And then as soon as that own goal went in, they couldn't get the ball off us. We, it was unbelievable. What a performance. And, you know, we, we absolutely ran riot. That could have been 11 or 12 on another day. Do you um, the, but, the Leeds game, it was only 2-1, but again, we, we, we dominated that game. And I remember Neil Warnock after that game said, I don't know if you remember this, uh, I'll be happy if we finish just below Blackpool because that, because that means we're going up. Yeah. He says, because they're yeah. going up as champions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I remember that game was one of the ones where Holloway's dropped me back into midfield. Um, I think he had, he ended up, he, he took, he took, he was playing centre mid, Angel, I think he took Angel off and put me and, me and Barry Ferguson with centre mids and he put newer Dicko on. Um, and it just seemed to, to work well. And then after that, he seemed to do it quite a lot. So it dropped you into um, an attacking midfield yeah, position? Yeah, like... me into a, yeah attacking midfield position and, and put another striker on because he said that he knew that I'd had the work rate to get back and defend and, and get on the ball what he wanted so he, he could have an extra striker on. Did you enjoy um, playing that position? Yeah, it's one of them, as I was saying, about being versatile yeah. throughout the whole of my career. I knew I could do it anyway. And when I went to Leicester, I was like a more of an attacking player, attacking midfield player than, than a striker whenever I went on there or a winger. So, you know, it, it was a position that I could play. So we've started this season just blowing teams out of the water. And what what, what happened? You know, we went to Leicester and got B. Obviously, we're losing there because that's our bogey side. But then when we went to Barnsley away, I was at this game. He did one of these things when he changed the, he changed the entire team around. I don't know if you remember. He, he made a lot of changes. And I remember thinking, why is he doing this? And it, it kind of knocked our momentum, I think. Yeah, I think what he thought with the likes of myself and the older ones, he always used to say, you, can't, you, you know, you're getting on. You just can't play Tuesday, th- uh, Saturday, Tuesday. Right. I was like, "Why not?" You're a professional footballer. You, yeah, that's what but, you. That's what you do. You know, <laughs> as long as you don't work us too hard on the on the the Monday, if you just do a, a cool down or whatever, we're, we're fine for the Tuesday. Was he trying to be yeah, too clever? Then, do you think squad rotation? Yeah, yeah. I've and never been a fan of. He had, he, he'd had the big squad. He brought in these players, and I think he had to he had to justify him to himself as well that. You know, I've got this squad and there's a great squad and these players who, who aren't playing uh, can come in and do as good a job. And It, it affects momentum though, doesn't case. it? It does, yeah. And that's one of the big things. It does affect momentum. I'm, I'm always a, a fan of just, if you've got a winning team, just stick with it. Play the same 11 week in, week out. Uh, yeah. Burnley, Sean Dyche does it at does it Burnley. Yeah. And it, yeah. it works. You can change one, you can change one well, maybe two players, but... Other than that, you can't make four or five changes in a game, six changes in a game. Yeah. No way. So then if you look at um, September and October, obviously we've had a we've had a big win there at home against Middlesbrough. Four one. Oh, the Fonz. The Fonz has uh, appeared, has he? Yeah. There. I'm just trying to think when when did Holloway leave in that year? It was not long after right, the the home game when we got beat by Huddersfield because Keith played for them, didn't he? That yeah. that was the game for me. You oh you you scored didn't you? So that was yeah, the game I for scored, me yeah. when the wheels were coming off. Yeah, I can just remember Huddersfield just dominating this game, and they were they were nothing special at the time, and they were just yeah. hitting us it with was diagonals. On, it was on telly as well. Yeah, uh, it was on telly, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I, I was at the game, so I'm not too sure, but I just remember them. They sussed us out that time, and they were just 
peppering us with, with diagonals, getting in behind all the time. Yeah. I think in, I was thinking we've lost. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lost it. And then we've lost Huddersfield 3-0. So we've beaten Hull again. A bit of a bogey side for them, aren't we? Lost the, lost the Cardiff, beat Hull. And then, as you say, got beat by Charlton at home. Burnley. And we didn't win for, for that. the whole of October, really. So, the next... you know, that was a big time. and So it's Sheffield Wednesday away. Um, that's when we had Tomo in charge, didn't we? Or did we? Because we beat them 2-0 and scored. When did Holloway leave? So we beat, we drew with Forrest. Say higher up. Into the centre of my block. First. Wasn't it before the Derby game? Because he'd left us hanging so dry. Appleton was announced on the 7th of November. Yeah, it was just before, before Derby. Do you remember? We got beat 4-1 by Derby. Yeah. And he'd left the morning, like, of, the morning of the game. Morning. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone was really pissed off at the way he'd yeah. Yeah. just left. And, uh, so tell us about Holloway leaving, what you thought about it and how you found out and the, the squad reaction in general. Um... It was. It wasn't a shock to say that he he was leaving. It was how how he left. Um, you know, he we could tell that he he kept coming in. He was. I'm fed, I, I, I don't know how long I can keep battling them. About obviously the Oysters. I'm. It's wearing me out. That, that was his, that was his word. It's wearing me out. I'm battling and battling, and I don't know if I can change that man. And we was telling him all as long. He, no one's ever going to change him. So don't take it personally and don't let it get on top of you. But one of the main things was that that was a big thing that he knew. that I think I think he knew at the end of this season, if we weren't in the playoffs or we didn't go up, that the team it was just going to fall apart. And I think he knew the likes of myself, Craney, Baps, Devo, all out of contract, um, that... You know, he was going to lose a lot of his, a lot of a lot of his team, and probably the mainstay of of the heart of of Blackpool at that time. Were, were moves never taken by the Oysters to nail down new contracts? Because surely no, they're surely they're aware that your your contracts are running out. Did they never be proactive and say, right, these need sorting before before Not before we get time. another David Vaughan? If you remember his his contract yeah, was just well, left to run out. Yeah, he was left to run out, and. Um, I think what, as I say, coming into that year was what, 2000, 2013. So I would have been, I was 31 come, come the end of that season. So that was all, Stephen Crane is exactly the same. We were all coming sort of early 30s. Mm. And 
as I said, his words were, well, no one's going to want you. Whose words? Season. Whose words? Oh, Easton's. Easton's, you know, usually getting 31, 32. There's not going to be other championship teams who want you. Is that um, what he said? Yeah. Yeah, that, that was that was what he said. And that was part of the reason why he offered us the 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 Desiree offer at the end of the season. And obviously... When you know, did he say this to you? Did he say this to you as a collective or individually? I'm sure he's put it. He put it in the press as well. That when people are asking why are these contracts running out, and um, he was always saying, you know, these players are coming to to the thirties now. They're not quite, you know, how long have they got left? You know, we need to, we'll we'll see how they've done at the end of the season, sort of thing <laughs> of that year. So, well, as I yeah, say, as I said good. earlier, you were, you got promoted to the Premier League, and Cranes played in the FA Cup final, so. Yeah, I I went went to top of the league and Cranes, yeah, Cranes went to the Wigan and won an FA Cup final. Were they in the Prem as well, Wigan? You, they win the, win the Cup final. I think they went down, didn't they? They went down and won the FA Cup. I'm sure they did. Yeah, I think they were. So we went to another Prem team. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we two players who were in in 30, but, um, you know, they they thought that they know best. We yeah, yeah. He, let's just say that the players that he brought into the places like of Chopra and Ricardo <laughs> Fuller and stuff, you know, oh, stop. Uh, <laughs> it's it's one of them, and and of what we know, we're on a lot more money than what we were on so anyway, and we a... were, yeah. So, listeners, I'm frantically shaking my head in disgust at this. Just back to Holloway, then. How did you find? Did he? Did he tell you that he'd gone? Did he tell the, the squad or did you have any inkling? So he's obviously coming with despair saying he's had enough. Did he actually say I'm yeah, going? Or No, he, what he always used to say was I'll never, I'll, I'll, I won't leave until I know it's fully over and, you know, I wouldn't leave you in that position. And then obviously the, the morning of the derby game, it's all over the news that he's leaving. So, um, you know, I, I personally thought he would have left at the end of after the obviously the playoff final. You know, the job he'd done with us, I thought that a bigger club would have come and take him anyway beforehand. Yeah. Um, and of what I remember, of what he told us, he, he could have done, he could have gone, but he wanted to stay. Give he it another season. He, he'd give it another season, obviously, after getting beaten in the playoffs. And um, that was the season. Obviously, it was the, the end of this season, I think was the second year so the parachute payments went down um, and that was one of the reasons why Carl only at first gave, he'd only give us two years two years um, a new deal for two years because the parachute payment went down and he said if we're not back up by then I'll be cutting the money so you know I think that was a big thing as well for I mean, Ollie was the the, the the glue that held everything together by, by all accounts it was him Matt Williams and Tomo yeah. Tomo yeah yeah. So yeah, to say the the job he'd done under the circumstances and you know how he lasted that long to keep his sanity from working with the Oysters, I don't know. And as you say, there's a, there's a lot of things that he probably will look back on and wish he'd done different. But the one thing that he can never take from him is the fact that he took the team that nearly well nearly got relegated out of one player. And got them promoted to the Premier League, mm. and you know that's an absolute magnificent job. Yeah. And what a man, and what a manager! It's it's bizarre the the line he's taken since leaving Blackpool in his 
he never ever criticizes the Oysters in the press, sides with them, and do you remember during the boycotts he'd be saying Blackpool fans are out of order, you need to go and support your team. Have you, yeah, have you ever, do you know why he's taken that kind of line? Because he's he's lost a hell of a lot of goodwill and respect off the Black, the majority has, of Blackpool of fans day, now. Yeah, you've got to realise he's a football manager. So if he goes, if he comes out and starts criticising Chairman, he's when he goes and applies right. for a, when he goes and applies for a job, they're going to be thinking, well, you know, he speaks his mind. He he, he says this. You know, he he comes out. He's a strong character. You know, and. It, it does. He's playing the game of, you know, he's got to think about his career as a manager. So do you think when he's retired from the game, do you think he'll speak his mind? Oh, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Right, that's interesting. You know, without, without a shadow of a doubt and probably when he does update his book, when he does retire or whatever, there'll be a lot more said in right. that. So, um, watch this you space. Know, but he, 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 he does criticise them. I've seen him criticise him saying, you know, how, how hard it was to work and and things like that, but I think that that was probably going against the fans was probably the final nail for for Blackpool fans, and it, it shouldn't have been said. He probably knows he shouldn't have said it, but um, it'd have been best just saying so, nothing, just avoid the question yeah. and don't say anything. Yeah, but that's the only thing with him is when a question's asked to him, he's honest, right. and he'll he'll say what he thinks needs to be said. And at that time, he might have been looking for jobs or whatever, and that's what he said. Right. Interesting. Right, where were we? We were at terrible run. So, so Derby went and Derby, Derby four one. Did you play? Yeah. What was the What was the mood like? Yeah, I remember I played in that. It was. And do you think the mood of the camp weird. reflected the scoreline, which was four one? No doubt. Probably, yet. yeah. It did, did affect affect probably the players because obviously only finding out that morning. He took training on the Monday and then. He's not there on the on the Tuesday, and um, obviously Tomo was sort of left high and dry, really um, coming in. The the one good thing with him, obviously, he'd been a mainstay for from when Laddie was there right through Oyston, and he was Mister Blackpool. Mm. You know, Tomo, he he was he he was the real glue that kept the squads together and. And sort of papered over a lot of the cracks of training grounds and and things like that because he just he was an addictive personality that you'd want around. You know, he knew how to make the lads laugh, how to make the best out of a bad situation. And obviously, at Blackpool, there was a lot of bad situations <laughs> that needed to be made the best of. So, you know, you you definitely needed someone like him at Blackpool. And you know, one of the worst things is he's probably uh, 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 an unsung hero of yeah. You know, a, a big part of what we achieved and and stuff, and the way he was treated by the club in oh, the end yeah. was absolutely disgraceful. What what happened with Tomo in the end? It was just well, he went down with with Vince and stuff, didn't he? When when we got rid of Vince and that, he was apparently um, some something was said that he was meant to have said, which he never um, about the Oysters and stuff and things like that. And he just um, got rid of him on the back of a, a rumor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when they when they got rid of Vince and Alex Ray, obviously Tom almost a Blackpool, but they got rid of him as well. He's doing all right at Preston now, isn't he? So he's 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 quality. Yeah, he's someone that you want around. Yeah. Um. So we we won with his first game in charge, didn't we? Uh, well, there was obviously the Derby. You couldn't really say he was in charge of that one. We went to Sheffield Wednesday. It was a midweek night. I went to this, and uh, we won two 0 We didn't play particularly well. 
And I remember um, walking out from the stadium and a, a Sheffield Wednesday fan just got chatting to him and he said, he said, God, blimey, that Ince's a good player, isn't he? I said, well, he didn't actually play that well that night. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, so he was really impressed with Ince and he, he, was, he had one of his poorer games. And um, Yeah, it was, it was a weird game. Yeah, it was. I think, I think what Tom had done in training on the Thursday and the Friday was, I think he just tried, he, he knew that it didn't matter what we'd done tactical-wise, he just needed to get us right mentally and in a, in a better frame of mind, a, a bit more enjoyment. And that's all we did. He just got us a good few days training that we enjoyed. And then we went on and, you know, it, it, it sometimes that's what you need. You know, you don't need to be given a load of information. You just need to have a little bit of a feel-good factor about you. And right. that's what he brought that, that week. So we, we drew, if you look at the, um, the scores, we've drawn what, four consecutive games. Yeah, well, Appleton was appointed the day after the Chef Wednesday game, wasn't he? The seventh or the eighth, it was. He was appointed. So, do you do you not think it was a shame that Tomo never got off, get, given the job? And did he? I think he applied for it, didn't he? He did apply for it, and I think a lot of the lot of the players were would have because, as you say, we would have run through brick walls for him as well. Um, I wonder why they never whether, gave him the job then. Uh, whether because he was too. Pally. He was always on. He was, yeah, Pally with the players, yeah. or or what you don't know. But obviously, you you can take that as an advantage. You know, when I was playing manager at Bangor, I was Pally with a lot of the players. I, I I was Pally with the majority of players because I was playing with them. But I had the respect yeah, of obviously respect. what I'd done, yeah. what I, what I'd done for them. That no matter what, even though I was friends with them, I was a manager. So what I said goes, and I think he would have had the same, mm. but. As you say, at the end of the day, he, he wanted someone in who was a, probably a bit dif- different to him and different to Holloway. So oh. when Appleton come in... Tell us a bit about Michael Appleton then. What, what did you think of the appointment? What was the style of football and what was it like playing under him? Um, totally, obviously, totally different to, to what we were playing at Holloway. It was all about work rate and um, winning second balls, making sure that you're solid and compact. So it was basically a, a total change of style. Sort of thing, which ain't uh, good, is it? <laughs> you know, changing the style mid-season. Through, yeah, not not halfway through the season, and um, he obviously brought in um, Ashley Westwood, um, who sort of went came in above Tom. Tom was still around, but um, was sort of cast aside a little bit. Was he? Um, which obviously being quite big with all the players and probably with all the players, you know, that was also a, a big sort of cross straight away. So he was onto yeah. a bit of a hiding to nothing by the sounds of it, Michael Appleton. Yeah, well obviously coming in it's a bit like Ferguson, you know, what if, with what Holloway had done for Blackpool, you know, the person who come in afterwards, you know, you you are gonna have to be somewhat special to to get the fans on side and stuff, but I think just as persona, he, obviously he come in. He's quite a. It's it's funny. I'd say he's quite an insecure person because he was always asking what people were talking about, or you know, wanting to know everything that was going on. Whether it didn't matter whether it was about him or or whatever or or not. So you know that that was the sort of feeling we got, and I, I think maybe him coming in and knowing. The respect we all had for for Ollie, and we'd run through brick walls for him. He tried to do it a little bit different, and and sort of change a few little things, which didn't quite work yeah, out. It certainly didn't. So if you look at the 
the chart. So we're look, listeners, we're looking through um, all our results this season. If you if you if we've won, there's a green. If you lose, there's red. And if we've drawn, there's a it's yellow. And there's a hell of a lot of red, isn't there, guys? Um, over the next sort of ten games, all the way down to mid Feb, losing regularly, um, just a couple of wins in the in the middle. So it's quite a, an unhappy time, I'd imagine, playing it. Yeah, I'm just seeing when uh, on the 11th of January, Appleton quit. So what was the results like up until the end? So he didn't last long, did he? <laughs> he went from the no. frying pan into the fire yeah. during Blackburn. Yeah. yeah, and I remember, what game was it? It must. Did we have a, a cup game in between before he left? Was that the last game before he left? So we've got a full and 1-1 in the cup. Fulham on one and Lost I remember uh, I'd in training I'd been um, had a little tweak in my hamstring on the on the Thursday before the game the Fulham game and Pilona went in and he was like you're not going to be able to play the weekend so I was like right okay FA Cup no it's not I'd rather be fit for the league games and stuff so yeah we'll miss it and he's come storming in and started sort of Pointing a finger at me, you know what, what's happening? Who like, Phil Horner? He's got a little no Appleton. All right. So the well, Phil was like, oh, he's got a little strain in his hamstring. If it was Holloway, you'd play, wouldn't you? I was like, no, sort of got a little strain in my hamstring. <laughs> you know, you've been tapped up. Who, who, you know, who, who's been? We've had calls for people wanting to sign you. Who, who spoke to you? You know, I was like, what are you on about? He's like, you know, it sounds paranoid. It's not right. Oh, he was saying what you've said earlier. Secure. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, it was a weird one, and he's gone out. And then, as you say, the worst thing, obviously, he said that to me on the Friday, and then on the Sunday he quit. You know, <laughs> that he'd been tapped up, and the, the uh, irony. Yeah, it was obviously the, the irony of that, and then, um, so that was then. What happened after um, that then? Who was who was manager then? Who was manager after well, he went? Paul Ince coming. Paul Ince coming. Yeah, sitting in uh, sitting in the stands one minute, watching his son next minute. Do you want to be manager? Go on, man. <laughs> well, obviously that that was, as I say, that's one of the reasons why I think he obviously took took the um, took the job was to get to get Tom, Tom a move. Tom a move, and I think it was the, the Cardiff game. Uh, sorry, the Charlton game after the. After the Fulham game, it was a it was a it was a game, and I remember he was he was sat in the stands. We were told the morning he was getting a job. He was sat in the stands, and at half time we were I think we were getting beat. We were drawing one one. It was drawing one one, and he hadn't been appointed manager yet. And he came into the changing room and started, you know, doing a team talk. And Never. we were like, Never. yeah, what's going on here? You know, did he have his governor boots on? He, he was obviously he was there, and then we got beat two one after the game. I remember after the game he come in as well, and I was in the shower getting a shower and stuff, and he was like, ah, he said, "Listen, I I need you till the end of the season." So you know, the offer that's come in, I've, I've told Carl that I want it refused. So yeah, after the game, come in in the shower, and he's gone. You know. Um, you're going to be a big player for me and that and I've told Carl to reject the offer for you and, and things like that and I was like what are you on about? He said you know Hull, Hull have come in um, Is this his before you know, he's manager? Yeah this was before, this was before he was manager so he was like Hull have, Hull have come in and um, you know I've told Carl to, to to reject the offer for you and I was like 
I've not been told this. He's like, oh, right. Um, so anyway, what had happened? Hull had put an offer in to take me on loan to the end of the season and then to take, like, they'd offered me basically a two and a half year deal. So um, turn it into a permanent deal after the loans up. Turn it into a permanent deal yeah. on very, very good money. Right. A lot more than what I was on at Blackpool. Yeah. So anyway, I think they offered, it was something, I was 30, what was a 31, they'd offered, it was something like 250 grand as a loan fee and then 250 grand if he went up, if they went up and he was second in the league or something. So you're going to jump at that, uh, aren't you? So, and you'd think, I had three months, four months left of my contract. I was like, I was, in the end, I said to Carl, listen, that's, a, you know, you, you've got to be happy with that. And he was like, no, I want a million pound. Like, what? He said, I want a million up front and a million if they go. And I was like, Carl, you're playing with my my life here. This is, you know, I'm 31. Unless you're going to give me a, a new contract and stuff. For me and my family, I've got to take it. And he was like, no, I want this. So in the end, Hull ended up signing George Boyd, um, got promoted to the Prem. Um, and then, obviously, Carl uh, offered me the in the end, a 65% pay cut after the fuse and all that and stuff. So, you know, there was a, a lot of... Oh, saying, my God. Uh, uh, but unlike if it weren't for Paul Ince, I wouldn't have known. <laughs> so, yeah. How the hell did he know? Well, obviously, when he had the interview, he had his interview. Oh, right, okay. Obviously, being with Carl, Carl must have said, oh, we've had an offer from, from Hull to, to take Fletch. Um, if you want to... It must have been just after the... the January two must have been sometime in February because they could still loan players or something. But so um, so, so hot. Carl was just digging his heels in and, and trying to get a fee for you, a transfer fee. Yeah, yeah, trying to get more. Like as I said, I had three 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 months left in my contract. Had Hull actually offered uh, anything for you as a player? Yeah, they offered, they offered me two hundred and fifty. No, I mean, had, offered, had, sorry, Hull offered Blackpool offered, anything. Yeah, the offer Blackpool, I think it was 200 or 250. Which is fair enough for a player with three months left on the contract, isn't it? It's yeah. a reasonable offer. If, we were, if, if they went up, but he was like, no, you're, you're more valuable to us till the end of the season than, than that. Yeah, but we weren't going to win. A, we, we weren't going to go up anyway, were we? No, I think we were 13th or yeah. something at the time or something like that. So I think he was concerned about going down. Right. Um, but as I say, it was just one of them and then, so that could have so, really sorted you out, couldn't it, that? Yeah, yeah, it would, it would have been totally, obviously, it would have been the, the most money I'd been on in my whole career <sighs> at 31. So, what a shit you know, it, was a, it was a big thing, but it would say the one the one thing was, was Paul Ince, because he was saying to me, listen, just stay and I'll make sure you're sorted out at the end of the season and you, you'll get your contract sorted and all that. And then... We know what happened there. Lo and, be, lo and behold, yeah, he was he was with Carl on... on um, trying to get us for less or get rid of us. I remember, I remember a tweet you put out around that time saying I'm just smashing some balls down at the driving reins and I'm, I imagine someone's face is on the, uh, on my driver. Yeah, Can you think, think who it is? That was, yeah, that was the day that he, off, he, he, he offered us the second one which was less than the first because we were, he thought we were desperate and, and not going to get another club. So, so he's, dropped, you, he's dropped you 65%, you've not accepted he, and he's dropped it even more. No, he offered us a 50% pay cut. And then two weeks later, we got a, a, that this was a text message. First one was by email. And then two weeks later, um, me and Cranes both had the same text. Um, seeing, obviously, you've not signed for anyone yet. 
um, this is our new offer. And then another text come through with even less than, than what the first one was with less appearance and stuff. Um, let me know your thoughts. And I remember Crady ringing me and he was like, can you believe, has he missed some something off that, like a, a one or something, you know, another yeah, zero yeah. off that or something? You're yeah. like, don't know. And we both sent him exactly the same. We sent him exactly the same message back. And, Did it end in off? Thanks, but, yeah, thanks, but, you know, no. Basically, so what, see you later. What a way to treat uh, two key players in the rise and rise of Blackpool FC, eh? Unreal. Yeah, but it was all it was the same. The same with Evo as well, because Evo had been injured for quite a bit of that season, and he played on yeah. through injury at the beginning of the season. He played on through injury, and it turned into a micro fracture, and they didn't even offer him a contract. He just absolutely released him. So it was. God, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, there was there was, there was that that's the end of that season was when I think Jillo. No, Jillo ended up staying. Jillo was the last man standing, wasn't he? He was the last man, yeah. So Keith had gone the beginning of that season. Brett had gone the beginning of that season. Me, Craney, I think Baptiste was the same. Baps went left because they offered him a pay cut um, when he was getting offered all sorts of money from everyone else. Um, Erds was the same. I think Erds left that year. Um, Obviously, Vaughan had already gone. So it was basically, as you say, there was only Jillo left. and it was all down to Paul Lintz and and Carl Loyston that they thought, well, these players are 31, they're not going to be good enough this year and we can get better. But lo and behold, as you say, mm. I went on, got promoted to the Premier League that year. Cranes won the FA Cup in playing for the Premier League team. Baps went to Bolton and, you know, had a really good season. Erds um, went to Birmingham, did he? Was it Birmingham? Yeah, Erds yeah, yeah. went to Birmingham, yeah. You know, so we all went to probably... Bigger, bigger and better and, things, and, yeah. And at that time, better than than what Blackpool went <laughs> the Blackpool on to. Fan, the Blackpool team was absolutely garbage the following year. Um, let's just see this but season. You remember the following year? You remember the following year? You're actually top because when I made my debut against Leicester. Oh yeah, we'd uh, won five Leicester, in a row, haven't we? What did we won five in a row? Blackpool were top. We were fourth, um, and it, and it finished two two. Uh, but then I don't think Blackpool won after that. No, or something. Those five um, games we were just scabbing them as well, weren't we? One nil. Yeah. Sc- I remember we played yeah. Watford at home. We beat them. I think it was might have been two one or one nil. They destroyed yeah. us. Yeah. They absolutely murdered us. And I was like, how have we won that? So yeah, it was yeah. scabbed games. But um, so they went went from winning five on the run to not winning for something like seventeen <laughs> yeah. or something, wasn't it? And and only just staying up that year. Released by that. As I've always said, a boss-eyed yeah. joke of a manager. I don't forget that tweet. Yeah. It's pissed myself when yeah. he put that out. Bog-eyed, yeah. It was boss-eyed. Yeah. I remember it well. Boss-eyed. Boss yeah. boss Maybe you misspelled it. Yeah, he put boss-eyed yeah. joke. I didn't even know he was yeah. bog-eyed until I'd actually... I said, is he bog-eyed, Paul? And I watch him now. I was like, oh, yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah. I didn't realise that. Yeah. But your last home yeah. game then was um, 2-1 at home to Derby. And... Uh, it was a good game, that. Do you remember Sylvester scored a screamer just towards the end? Yeah. It was like a must-win game for us, wasn't it? So you you opened yeah. the scoring. I scored the first, and then obviously Ludo with with a absolute unbelievable goal, and I think that guaranteed us safety, didn't it? I think that game. Yeah, it was always uh, it's like there was some sort of mathematical anomaly. Yeah, that we that could have sent us down, or... but it was like some like goal yeah. swing of eighteen or something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, we went to Bolton. So. It was good though because we played really well that game, that final game. Matty Phillips was it? Matty Phillips, yeah. yeah Matty Phillips and Ludo and... scored again. 
we were two and up. We stopped them getting into the playoff. So yeah, aside yeah. from PNE, they're obviously our second most hated team. Yeah. So it's quite good. That it's quite funny. Remember goading yeah. their fans at the end. So you obviously yeah. you, you, you look at that end of the season again. You know, won three, drew four, and lost one in the last nine games. So yeah, we, we had a decent little run in. Finish well, yeah, yeah. Burnley 1-0. Ludo again. He was quality Ludo, weren't he? He's a good player. Yeah, unbelievable player. He should have played more than the year we were in the Prem, maybe, instead of uh, Elliot. But it's like what we've seen seen to... before. You, you told me that you know Ludo signed in the Prem. I don't even remember him playing hardly. Yeah, yeah. I remember he played against Man City where when we got beat 1-0 and he was unbelievable. He was, he was quality and I thought, right, he's going to kick on now and then the next game he weren't playing. <laughs> and he... <laughs> That was that was just obviously Holloway's way. He had he, he liked to he changed it up quite a lot, didn't he? Mm. That time? Yeah, he did. So obviously, when you've uh, received these derisory um, contract offers, how did the Leicester move happen? Um, it happened quite late because obviously I I tried to obviously get to Hull, but when they got promoted, obviously the targets changed. They had a lot more money to go and and buy players and obviously they brought in Boyd on the contract they were offering me so they didn't want anyone experienced they wanted a little bit more so obviously that was dead in the water and there was a lot of interest but I remember um, Leicester that I was always sort of speaking to them but they'd never follow through because they said they needed to get rid of players first because they had quite a big squad on players on good money Um, and just nothing ever seemed to happen with them and I remember Went down to, to Millwall on trial, got offered something there, but it was sort of, it was an okay offer, but to move away from family and stuff at that time just wasn't the right thing to do. Same with Charlton. And then Sheffield Wednesday, I was there for about three, four weeks and it was sort of the season started and he made me an offer and I was literally accepted it. It was more than what, Obviously, Blackpool had offered in the first place and stuff, and Carl was still trying to get me to sign the the less contract, the the less money. Um, but I was like, well, listen, I've been offered more from other clubs, so I'm not going to sign that. And um, if you want me, this is what I want. And he was like, no, I can get better players for that. I'm like, right, okay, no problem, go and get them. Um, so I remember I was driving down to Chef Wednesday. Um, sorry, I was meant to Chef sign on the Monday and. Sunday night, I got a phone call from Leicester just saying, "Listen, we, you know, we we want you to come in and train, and um, if you you do well in training, you show as you're fit, then you know the, there could be an offer there." And I remember the Sunday night, I was speaking to Viv, and I had obviously the contract offer from Chef Wednesday, but I think Chef Wednesday was sort of 18th, 19th in the league, and Leicester was second. So I was speaking to her saying, "You know, could be going to a team who." the second in the league, they're flying and could get promoted to the Premier League. I said, there's no contract offer there. The, you know, they've said they, they want me in to train, but I've got a solid contract offer. What do I do? And she just said, well, ring up Dave Jones and be honest with him and tell him what predicament you're in and see what he says. Um, so I did. I, I rang him up and told him, obviously, what had happened with Leicester. And um, he, was, he was superb. He said, listen, he said, no matter what I want you, he said, but he said, if if, if you want to go to, to Leicester and train tomorrow, Tuesday, and then let me know what's happening Wednesday, he said, that's fine. He said, go and do that. He said, that's our contract offer. Um, it's, you know, it's your prerogative. We've made you wait. So, 
Um, we don't mind waiting two days to see see if you can do that. And so arranged went down to Leicester the Monday morning, um, trained the Monday, and it couldn't have gone any better. I think I'd say I scored um, I think seven goals in in one of the games, uh, like the side game that we we played. And I remember walking off the pitch afterwards and. Uh, Pearson's got me in a headlock saying how, how aren't you playing for, for someone um, how have you not been signed for oh, someone he actually, got, he actually had you in a headlock yeah yeah like <laughs> messing about he looks like, quite but, hard you know, though doesn't he Nigel Pearson yeah mess with him yeah um, you know so we went in and um, he, he said he wanted to sign me and this was my contract offer but it was sort of less than what Blackwood offered me what? Um, and I told him what told him what Sheffield Wednesday had offered me, and he was like, "Right, okay, well, just give me a few days, and I'll I'll be able to to match that, if not better." It. Um, he said we were told this is what you'd signed for by it was it was, it was an agent had, had approached them saying that apparently I'd signed for this, which was I'd never ever spoke to this agent before, but the agent was best made with the chief executive and thought he could pull a fast one and. Um, that was one of the reasons why they got me into training because of because of this because they thought he could get me for less. But right. I was again sticking to me guns because I knew I had this offer from Chef Wednesday. Um, good to have that in your back pocket, so, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, that that was obviously the good thing, and it dragged on a little bit. Um, but Pearson kept saying to me, "Listen, I'll get it sorted when the owners come in next week." He said, "You're going to have to be patient. I want you, but you'll have to wait till the owners fly in next week." Um, and I remember, obviously, I had to let Dave Jones know by the Wednesday and speaking to me, missing, I say, listen, I'm going to get the same offer or or more, but I'm going to be at a team who's second in the league. It's a risk. Do I, do I stay here or do I get in my car and go to Chef Wednesday? And uh, I think I just had a, had a gut feeling that, you know, Nigel was going to be true to his word and ended up staying, um, telling Chef Wednesday, no, I'm, I'm going to hold out and see what comes of this year. Um and it was on the Friday in training. Um, we had Blackpool on the Saturday and obviously I weren't going to be signing until the Monday, which was obviously gutted about. But I remember I was doing some some uh, fitness work with the fitness coach while they were doing the team shape and the, the little games. And I just remember him, uh, Nigel Pearson running over the, the trainer pitch and he's pointed at me and, you, in, now. And I was like, shit, what have I done here? Yeah, what have I done here? And he's, March me into the chief exec's room. This is what he's getting. Get this signed now. And the chief exec was like, no, I can't authorise that. I can't authorise it. Well, we've got no strikers tomorrow. We've got one fit striker tomorrow. Two have just got injured now in training. I need them signed. Um, and the, the the chief exec was like, no, I can't authorise that. He said, I'm telling you now, it will be sorted for Monday get it signed, get it get it written up, get it signed. We've got 10 minutes to get it all done and signed and sent over to, for them to be able to be registered for tomorrow. And I, I got a little bit little bit cocky as well because I thought, well, hold on a minute, he's desperate for me here. So I'd agreed, they, they gave me what we what I agreed to as a wage, but then just before we were, we were he was right, as he was writing the contract, I said, well, I said, how long is the contract for? And the chief was like, one year. I said, right, okay. I said, well, so I tell you what, how about we put a clause in that if I play 20 games, I get another year? And he was like, no, no, no. And I was like, well, let's now wait till Monday then. I said, because, you know, that, that's only fair. It's an option. And in the end, like, I could see Nigel Pearson starting to get angry. And I thought, oh, God, what I said here? And Nigel just said, how many games are left in the season? He said, 40. He said, right, 
20 games. If you, if you play, if he makes 20 appearances, he gets another year. So, and he's ended up getting that written in. Um, and he, Nigel said to me, listen, I'll make sure you get your 20 appearances Oi. no matter what. Yeah. Must and, be good uh, to feel like properly wanted after the way you've been treated it, at Blackpool. It, it was, yeah. It was, yeah. But the only thing, I only started, I think it was three games in the whole season, but I made 24 appearances. I've come on every game, sort of, you know, off the bench um, and scored a few goals. But every time I come on, it was when it was the game was tight and I always used to create like so so at the end of the season when the, the analysts were looking at like minutes played and goals scored and assists, I'd played in all, it only worked out at something like nine hundred minutes, so nine whole games. But I had an assist or a goal every thirty minutes in them games. Right. Um but I just I only started three of them. So Do you I was sub- having a did- big part to play. I was like a, a super sub. I only scored three goals, but I think I got for like twelve assists. Right, that's good. And it, it was it was it was unbelievable. Like there was, he, he kept saying to me, "Oh, you, I'm going to start in a few games, but never ever did." Um, but I was clocking up the appearances. So I was about to say, me, so I was thinking, well, when you were yeah, sub, does that like, count as an appearance? That's, yeah, that's, yeah, right, okay. yeah, because because they never specified anything of times or anything. It was just if I set foot on the pitch, it was class an appearance. So. Um, I remember with four games to go, I'd made, I think it was 17. I needed 23 appearances, it was. I'd made 20, and there was four games left. And, and I remember saying, I remember just wanting training, um, said to him, listen, I need three more games. He was like, I know, I know, don't worry, don't worry. And I made two. And then I remember at the Huddersfield game, we'd won the league. And he's pulled me into the office. He said, listen, he said, I've been told I can't play you. And I was like, what? He said, we've won the league. I've been told I can't play you. And, I, and you can't get your, your your appearances. And I was like, oh. he said, it, and he was winding me up. <laughs> and honestly, I was gutted. He was like, look at your face. He said, do you think I'd do that? He said, you're starting on, so, you're starting on Saturday. And I was like, what? You're starting on Saturday. You're going to get your, you're going to, you know, you you, you're getting your 23rd appearance and I did I started the game and after the game he was like listen I told you I'd look after you and I'm, well, I'm, fair play you to know. him that's decent yeah yeah so he was that, that first year he was he was really good but then I think the pressure from going up and being a premiership manager really got to him and he didn't have changed the year after right. um, I, only, I only made I'd say I, I was that was, 20, that was probably the, so they've got 25 the man squads in the Premier League haven't they yeah, they've got 25-man squads. I, I was named in the 25-man squad and I was I was actually in the 20-man squad virtually every game, but I was always one of the ones who missed out. Um, but that year was probably the best thing for me because I was training with the under-21s, but I was doing my coaching badges. So basically that year, I was like an assistant coach to the under-21 coach because I used to take training and when whenever I wanted, if I didn't want to train, I used to take the training and got on really well with with the under 20, 20 uh, 21 coach. And he used to he used to he used to like if, if any of the players, some of the players who hadn't played games, he used to refuse the the manager and say, "Listen, there's no point in playing for the twenty threes because he he doesn't work hard. He just messes about. He struts about." Yeah, every game he used to ask, can he play? Because he knew 
I'd no matter what, whether it was a 23 game, I'd give everything and I'd try and help the younger kids. Right. And he wanted people like me around the younger ones. And for me, I don't, I, I've always said it. If I was a manager of a high team who, who had a lot of money, I'd be going and signing players like me at that time, who was 34, 35, coming to the end of the careers, but saying, listen, you're not going to play, but we want you to go and train with our younger kids and show them what they need and, and be a sort of mentor for them. Yeah. And that was that year. That was what he used me for. And this was a year when it was the likes of Ben Chilwell was in the, just coming through as an under 18, Hamza Buaza, Harvey, uh, Harvey Barnes. And he used to, he used to say to me, let's just have a chat with them. Just, just go and put your arm around them and just have a look, give them a little bit of advice. And it, 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 it really helped me realize, well, hold on a minute this is the next step of what I yeah. want to do. I need to make sure that I go on and do my coaching badges and he helped me a lot with them. Yeah, he's, he always strikes me as a very arrogant man. Uh, Nigel Pearson, when you see him on TV, but he's obviously uh, a decent fellow, isn't he? He, 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 he? he was, yeah. He was that first year. He was really good. But as I say, I think the pressure of going into the Premier League, the as you, it, it changed him a lot in that second year. Right. And... Um, Maybe he's really uptight. Yeah, pressure affects people in different ways. Yeah, towards the end of that season, I remember I'd done everything asked. I'd been and done all the travelling. I'd been out on loan to Millwall and come back and knew that I weren't going to get another year or anything there. And, you know, I remember I was playing in all the 23 games, doing really well. Um, I was always training with the first team and probably one of the the better trainers and and stuff there. But um, just never involved and had a bit of a fallout with him towards the end of, of that year and um, it sort of went went sour and I was told via Sky Sports News that I'd been released. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Well, it's a, a step up from great. text at least. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't great <laughs> but I was, I was actually on holiday um, with, with, one of the, with one of the players, Richie Delat. We were on holiday with, with me and my missus and him and his missus and kids and stuff and um, he was like, oh, he said, obviously, you know, sorry to hear, you know, what's happened at Leicester and stuff. And I was like, what are you on about? <laughs> he said, have you not seen Sky Sports News? I was like, no. He said, have you not heard anything from the club? I was like, no, why? He said, oh, and he showed me and it was four players being released and I was one of them and hadn't had anything from the club, an email or a text or a right. phone call or anything. So, yeah. It's, but, a, uh, it's a tough life being a footballer. People think it's all... You know, you know goals, I, glory, money, and you get shat on regularly, don't you? It's ruthless cutthroat industries ever, and people don't see. People only see the 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 top end. Yeah. They are on mega money and stuff, but they don't see all the struggles other like the lower leagues or pl- other like players go through the the things that can happen in your career. Um, everyone's just judged on what the top players do and think oh, mm. every footballer should be should be adhering to that but it, it's far from the truth well, it's you, horrible. Uh, it yeah. is a horrible industry if anyone listens to back to these three shows and you've had a lot of knockbacks and setbacks and disappointments haven't you you know through no fault yeah. of your own really it's just like yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, a real eye opener and it is it's a horrible industry that's that yeah. thing and as you say, you wonder, like people will say, oh, players are only in it for the money. And I, you, in the end, you get to that way because of the way you are treated. 
by clubs and by by managers and and stuff. You've oh, got yeah. to be. You've got to make as much as you yeah, can right. into a very short career as well. People don't realise that as well, don't they? So yeah. So what does the future hold for yourself then? Well, well obviously, as I say, towards the, towards the end of my last that I was doing, obviously me uh, coaching badges and stuff. So. Obviously, after Leicester, I went out a year at Tranmere, um, close to home, sort of a local team. Um, started doing a little bit more coaching as for the like an attacking coach, player attacking coach there. Um, got back into the league with Aki, but my passion was sort of right. I wanted to take that next step. And oh, just just very quickly, and, just just do you remember yeah. Aki away um, when we you played against us, didn't you, in that one game? Yeah. Yeah, that, yep. obviously that was the, the the game where I think Blackpool fans sung my name for the whole 19 That's minutes. right, yeah. How did that feel? Um, and, and, oh, it was unbelievable. And then when I come on, it was the biggest cheer. Um, <laughs> yeah. Biggest cheer of the day and stuff. And even when I was on, I remember all the Blackpool players looking at me thinking, who the hell is this that they're singing for? But Cause it was a... uh, you know, it was un- unbelievable. Yeah, it was a, a great feeling. Um, and... We we didn't identify saying. with any of those players at the time. No, um, no, they were like just a bunch no. of strangers, and no one cared for them. We didn't even know who they were. And I remember that game because you you Accrington one two one. Um, it was two one, wasn't it? Or was it? A... Yeah, I came on and set the two goals. That's right, yeah, one nil to Blackpool, I think. Yeah, I come on and set the two two Aki goals up. Yeah, I was saying, mate, Neku, yeah. he, he's another percenters on this show. I remember when we scored, we like. We just looked at each other and shrugged our shoulders. We like weren't bothered. Yeah. When Accrington equalised again, so what? When you scored the last minute winner, so what? Um, I mean, Nicky said he said I've never celebrated a goal in an away game for Blackpool at least in my life, and that was the the mood at the time. So it was great just seeing you, yeah. and it was like a you know the the good old days when you when you came on. So yeah, it was a it was a good moment. Yeah. yeah. So just on to your um your coaching aspirations now so you went to so yeah so obviously Aki had till the end of the season but um, had an offer from Bangor to go in as player assistant manager um, over in the Welsh League so you knocked a few tore, goals in there I'm just looking at your stats 9 yeah, in 32 yeah tore, tore up my contract um, Aki and, and sort of went over to, to Bangor and it was a it was a bit of a funny few weeks because Within, I think it was four or five weeks of being there, um, they actually had to put the assistant manager on gardening leave um, because of the European license. Because um, we were we were uh, over in the Welsh league in the the top three qualify for Europe, and then four, five, six, and seven have a playoff for the last European space. So at the time, I think Bangor were seventh. Um, and you have to apply for your European license. Now, to get your European license, your manager's got to have a pro license. And at the time, the manager didn't. So they found a way around it as they had to sort of sack him. And they could appoint me till the end of the season. And then at the end of the season, if we qualified for Europe, you'd have to appoint a pro license manager. So for me personally, it was ideal because it gave me, you know, three months of being a manager. Um, we won, I think we had eight games, you won seven of the eight games, managed to get into the playoffs, won the playoff and qualify for Europe. So obviously when I'd done that, the the director was like, you know, listen, we want you as manager next year, but we're gonna to have to appoint someone else. Do you know anyone who's got a pro license that has come in and be your assistant? Um obviously they have to go down as manager but be your assistant. Yeah. You you you're you're the manager. They all know that but 
on paper we're gonna have to put it down as them and yeah. um i spoke to a few people and and got introduced to a, a lad called kevin phillips who'd been the under 23 manager at cardiff and not the kevin um, phillips uh, sorry not kevin phillips um Oh God! Yeah, I was only speaking to guest here. Sorry. Let's call him Dave Smith. Kevin, Kevin Nicholson. No, Kevin Nicholson. <laughs> Kevin, mine just went blank then because we've been what Kev, Kev Phillips and <laughs> um, Kevin Nicholson. And I remember um, the first night I spoke to him. Only meant to be having a twenty-minute chat, and like like this, we were speaking till twelve o'clock in, in the in the like midnight. Um, we were on the phone for about three hours, as you you can tell. I like to talk and, and speak speak football, but we just seemed to click. And I said to him, "Listen, if you're happy with that arrangement, you know, let's do it. I, you know, you get to to come in and work at a, a first team environment." Um, so in the end, he, he accepted. We we got it all sorted, and he come in as manager, but basically was was my assistant. I had done all the recruitment, um, done all the team training stuff and we literally qualified for Europe. We had a European trip which was great and um, it was it, Who did you play? Year. Who did you play? What um, country? We, we had a team called Lingby um, from Denmark and it, we, we got beat in the, in the first round but um, the away game we got beat 1-0 but we absolutely battered them and I remember we we were like we were really confident um, going into the second leg. Um, pr- preparation had gone perfect, and then from kickoff we've had kickoff. We've, I played it back to me centre mid. He's took a touch, played it to someone, got it back, and then he's gone to just play it to the centre half, and the centre half's gone to run, tore his calf and slipped over. Thirty seconds gone, their striker's gone through and scored. Clean through on goal. <laughs> Played through on goal and scored, and you just think, how has that happened? Game plan had gone out the window, and after that, we 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 absolutely battered them. But we ended we we ended. You, if you watch the game, you'd be thinking, wow! Out and we got beat three 0 right. We just we couldn't score, and I think just that start of that first goal just killed everyone. Did uh, Did you ever play with Phil Barnes? Play? By the way, the goal Phil Barnes, no, the goal no, it was no, okay. He, no, he, he was before me. Um, but that season, we we were unbelievable. We finished we, the the year before we finished. It was thirty four points behind TNS in sixth place. Um, and I said to the chairman, I said, "Listen, if we can half that and get to seventeen points, we'll have finished second and done well." Um, and he was like, "Listen, you you get that to twenty four points. He said we'll be third. He said I'll take that after last year." In the end, we finished 11 points behind them, second automatic promotion. Um, and we were flying. The, the year after, we were taking a few of the top players. Um, they wanted to come over and play for, for me and play for us. Um, but at the end of that season, the, the owners had been a little bit unwise with the money and they ended up failing the European licence and got kicked out of Europe and demoted from the league. Um, so all all our contracts were null and void. We ended up all leaving, um, and and that was it. From there, I went and played for London North for a little bit, but then I went back to Bangor as player manager till for the end of last season and done really well. Um, but it's just trying to get that next step into the English league. Um, I did. I had an interview for Blackpool. Uh, yeah, I was just going to come on to that. Do you want to yeah. tell us a bit about that? Yeah. So obviously when. Um, 
It was before... When Laurie got booted? No, this was the, the, the first time. It was when the Oceans were still involved. Um, Riga, when Riga left? It was before, yeah. So was it, it was after Riga, was it that? Was Jose Riga, to... then there was that, um, oh, what was his name? McDonald. Yeah, it was when Neil McDonald left. So um, Neil McDonald left. I, oh God, no. Let's have a look. It wasn't, it was when Fingy uh, left and Teddy McPhillips took over. Oh, uh, Lee Clark? No. Let's have a look. Blackpool managers. Oh, yeah. When Bowyer went. Barry first. When Gary Bowyer left. Oh, Gary Bowyer. No, Gary Bowyer. Yeah. So when Gary Bowyer left, obviously the, the Oceans were still in charge. Um, and put my CV in and went and had a, an interview with Natalie. Um, absolute ace the interview. Um, literally, she was like, right, let's go meet me dad and we'll, we'll make you an offer. So I was like, right, okay. So looking around for them, couldn't couldn't find them anywhere. So the Saturday, um, they had a game. She said, come Saturday morning, we'll have a chat. And turned up speaking and he just, they, they wouldn't seem to get on to, to money. They were talking about the press and the fans and stuff and, and that. And basically he said, you know, will you sort of put things out in the press for us? And I said, well, no. I said, if you're doing things, then yeah, but I'm not going to make stuff up. I said, you know, I'm here to be a football manager. I'm not here to be a, a, a puppet or a yes man. I said, I want to come and do the best for you as a manager for the club. Not What sort of things? To... What sort of things were they talking about? Well, they, they never sort of went into anything. It was sort of like, you know, try and support them a little bit. And I said, well, if you're doing the right things, then yeah, but I'm not going to, you know, not gonna lie, tell lies for you. Um, so, and basically, when I when I said that, they were like, "Well, you're not the man for us." Then I was like, "Well, okay, no problem." You know, um, so it, it it was it was back and forth. The, the Natalie was trying to persuade him because she wanted me, but in the end, the I think the uh, Terry McPhillips sort of said he wanted to stay and. Um, they took a sort of an easy route to sort of keep everyone pleased and keep the sort of momentum rolling that Gary Barry had built up. They obviously wanted a, a yes man in charge there. I mean, it would yeah, have been a yeah, very, that, I think it'd have been a very difficult job for you had you had you get you did got the role because obviously there was the the problem with the whole or the majority of the support base boycotting at the time, and it would have yeah, been a, that, it'd have been a tough job. Was, it would have been, and you know that that was one thing that I was thinking about you know how would that go down with the fans but at the end of the day I was sort of thinking well it sounds as if they're going to be out soon yeah so I'd rather be in charge and making sure that the club is on the right track for whenever they do well you would have been right because they were gone within a yeah. season yeah yeah and that, that's, that's a real what, shame that's what my thinking, yeah that's what my thinking was that hold on a minute I'd rather be in charge and try and get make sure Blackpool are are on the up sort of thing yeah. and not, you know, not lower down. I mean, if, and, you know, the work that Gary Bowyer had done, I'd watch the squad and thought, you know, I, I, you could do something with that. Um, especially with obviously how I wanted to play and how I wanted to manage and stuff. And, you know, for me, it was a, it was a, it was a league one club. You know, if, if I was offered a job, it didn't matter. Of what course you're going to think. I, well, wanted, yeah. I wanted to be a manager. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that was my, that was my dream. And obviously for a club who, it, 
the way I'd been treated, you know, by Carl and stuff, he wasn't involved at that time. So, you know, for me, I was like, well, you know, it's a fresh start. It's something different and it's yeah. the next step of my next career. Yeah, it'd have been great to have seen you, seen you in charge at Blackpool. Um, before Neil Critchley was appointed, there was a big clamour, wasn't there, for um, the likes of yourself, Keith Southern, Evo, to be involved in managing the club. Um, unfortunately, nothing happened with either of you, did it? Um, I think it'd have been a dream scenario for the fans to have, you know, yourself, Abo, Keith and Tomo involved yeah. in running. Yeah, well, as I said in my interview, you know, if, if you could get me, Evo and Keith as a, as a management team in whatever way Evo manager, me manager, Keith manager with us backing up, you know, you're covering every base defence, midfield, attack, but you're getting three people who have got a great knowledge of the game and stuff and they, could, they, they couldn't have got anything wrong with us and Listen, Neil Critchley, what a, what a, what an appointment, you know, for the job he's done. Do you believe you know, that? Yeah, do you really rate him? Yeah, do you know yeah him? I think, yeah, I think he will. Um, the the one gripe, obviously, the the, the fallout of mine and Brett's ambassador role being withdrawn, which hasn't really been. I was about to say, what happened there? I just uh, I just heard the mockers mentioning something like that. So what happened there exactly? Yeah, so um, at the start of the season when the new owners took over. Um, they needed obviously season ticket sales and stuff. Um, the CEO Claire Fitzsimmons, who was the commercial um, head of commercial and stuff, we had a really good meeting with her. She wanted me and Brett involved. Um, we were arranging a end of year presentation uh, match and stuff for the ten year anniversary. Um, we'd agreed a, a package um, for us to be in the all the games um, at the home games and and um, then to arrange and promote and organise this 10-year anniversary game. That was that was our role, mine and Brett's role for, for the club at, at that time. Um, now, what we didn't know or didn't get told was that um, the deal we agreed with Claire hadn't been signed off by... Well, we were told it had been signed off, but when then... The director and the chief executive left, and a new one come in. They told us that nothing had ever been agreed, nothing because we we'd never got contracts, we'd never got anything signed. We just had faith in the club. You know, this is what was happening. This yeah. is what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, and they said that the they wouldn't pay us um, what was agreed, um, and we were owed uh, money for the work we'd done. Um, we you, didn't get paid. You still owed that. What we. Uh, well, we've been paid some, but we've been told we're not getting any more, um, and they've withdrawn our ambassador roles. Um, so, you know, it was it's a time when, you know, the, there's a lot of animosity between the 2010 squad now and the club. The way right, right. We, we've been treated and, and the club. That and, needs that needs sorting. I think no one well, knows about this. I think they do now. No one knows about it. It's not been not been addressed. Um, I I was talking to them about a, a role within the academy and the the sort of um, the development sort of under twenty three squad. Yeah. Um, I, I told them everything I'd done. Um, sent all my stuff to the CEO, who come back to me with right. Let's get a role sorted for you, and let's talk, and then. A few days later, David Dunn was appointed in the role that I thought I was getting. Um, so, it's and he's overseeing a big clusterfuck under uh, 
Grayson as well, hasn't he? So he's still there, I yeah, think. Yeah, well, it, listen, so it's, what, it's one of them. It, it, it might have been, I don't know what what the thing, what what any of it was, but um, we had planned to do our own 2010 um, as the as the lads for the fans and stuff. Um, I've seen that the club have said that they're going to do something and want the players there, but at this time, um, there's a lot of animosity. animosity yeah, I bet there is. Happened with me and Brett um, and the way people have been treated. Well, that's out there now, so I think thing, yeah. things might happen if certain people get to know about this. That's really bad. Um, well, as far as I know, everyone... There's don't know what they've been telling people because me and Brett were there every game. Up yeah, I remember seeing November, you there. I remember till, seeing you there till, till till November, and then once the new CEO and, and board came in, um, you know, it's one of them. This coming out might stop me from ever getting a job at Blackpool again. But oh, well, you've got nothing to lose by the sounds of it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Don't want to leave the leave this on a really uh, negative note. So we've just got a few. Fans' questions just to fire through before we turn in for yet another long night. It's 11 o'clock, when time flies. Right, guys, so we've got uh, fans' questions. Mick Beardall, who's the best player you've ever played with in a Blackpool shirt? Wes Wheelhan. We magician, as I've said before, absolutely unbelievable. What a player. Uh, me and him just click straight away on the pitch, off the pitch. Unbelievable. Don't get me wrong, there's players like Charlie Adam and, and that who, who were top top players um, but for me Wes Hurlhand yeah. was the one yeah. with you there Dan Hopwood who did you most enjoy playing with during your time in Tangerine Wes uh, Hurlhand again well, well Wes but the only thing was I did only have a year with him um, he was only there for the one year um, but was the best player but um, the player who I most enjoyed playing with obviously Keith Southern really really he was sort of best mate in football um, we used to drive in together room together uh, and we shared some great times on the pitch, off the pitch, as as players, as families, and you know the time that we spent on the pitch with him was unbelievable. Ray Gregson, do you think that if we'd have signed Shea Kevin when Matt Jilks was injured, we would have survived in the Premier League? We've covered this. Sorry, we? it, it, yeah, they yeah, cut off a little bit then, but I can get get the gist of it. Obviously, yeah, you know, Jill, a fully fit Jillo would have been wonders for the fence's confidence, and and we would have stayed up, but. We've said that if we would have had a proper keeper, um, as you say, I've been looking back then. Um, Jill made 17 appearances that year. Kings had made 20. Um, it's a big ask for not having a proper keeper for 20 games in the Premier yeah, League. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Tom Johnson, is it true that Ian Everett stormed off the training pitch during Saladin Sadar Sabai's first session following his signing? We've covered this, haven't we? Yeah, I've covered it. It wasn't. It quite, was you. Quite, it was me. Yeah. yeah. Alan Duckworth. What, is he, what, is he doing on the, what are we doing on the same pitch as him? What was Evo's views of him? He was just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, felt the same, yeah. Felt the same. Yeah. Alan Duckworth. What's the strangest story you can tell us about the Oysters? There's a bit, an open ended question, this. Oof. Do you want to think about it and come back to it? There's, I bet there's uh, many. There's, there's many, yeah. Obviously, um, whenever we used to have a night out, we always used to make sure that Owen was invited on a on a team night out. So then at least we'd get some money back when he we'd get him to pay for the drinks and stuff and and that. Um, we'd always make sure that he, we 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 told him what nightclub we were going to end up in. So then 
we could get his credit card behind the bar and as you say that that was a uh, one way that we used to make sure we used to get something back from them yeah, we need to watch what we say here really don't we yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus Mackay uh, you will forever be the first man to score in for Blackpool in the Premier League how does that feel going down in the annals of time first and last actually, yeah. actually. yeah unbelievable and unfortunate to say at the moment you don't know when the next one will be whether I will be the last ever <laughs> you know yeah. you don't know do you? Yeah. so um, hopefully not that there will be many more after me but as you say to score the first and last goal um, obviously the playoff final the playoffs un- unbelievable memories you know and one that no one will ever take away from me favourite takeaway Korea or Chinese Chinese all day um, every Saturday after the game um, no matter what you know you've run around for 90 minutes and stuff always Chinese same thing every every Saturday what do you have specifically um, salt and pepper chicken noodle box salt and pepper chicken egg fried rice and curry sauce with uh, some spring rolls yeah. Ian Holloway wouldn't approve of that would he yeah. it's one of them whatever, whatever makes you feel good <laughs> what's your best moment of your time at Blackpool? Um, obviously, the, the playoff final, um, scoring at Liverpool, but I think just being around the, the squad and the fans that year of the Premier League, of the year we went up on the Premier League, yeah. you know, that time, then two years, um, unbelievable memories, which, as again, doesn't matter what happened after or, or what, there'll always be that bond forever there. Mike didn't give his surname, said... I'd be interested to know what he thinks about what, what it would have taken to keep us up in the Prem and which players he thought we should have targeted when we needed it. And that's a bit of, a bit of a meaty yeah. question, this, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's one of them. The, the main thing, as we everyone knows, was goalkeeper. I believe that if we had a, a Jillo in goal or we should have got someone in in January, um, but no matter what other players came in at that time, we would have stayed up if we had a solid goalkeeper. Um, it's a massive position it, it, it's the one position where no matter what you make a mistake it's a goal you know you can make a mistake outfield whatever it, it doesn't lead to a goal you might miss a chance but you're always in the game but mm. in a goalie it's a lonely world out there for goalies Robin Jones when you were at Bangor City as assistant would that team would, would that team that finished second to TNS in your opinion what tip would that team challenge TNS the following season? Did you understand yeah, that? I believe we yeah. would. Yeah. Yeah. I believe we would have gone on and won the league that year, um, the year after. Um, we were going to take a few players. We had a few players coming in who had, had lined up. And as you say, the, the gap we had um, the season before to what we finished that year. And, you know, I, it was a very, very young team that that year that we finished second, um, only 11 points behind them. And going on the year after, the players we were bringing in, we would have been a lot closer, if not above them. Must be a, he must be a Bangor City fan, Robin Jones. Derek Yarwood, in the first televised game after relegation from the Prem away at Hull, what was the mood really like? Did the squad and Ollie believe we would do it again? Um, we've spoken about we it yeah. a bit. It was a bit, yeah. bit surreal that, Obviously, coming down, you're losing them players. You, you want to start bright and, you know, to get the victory over Hull was, was unbelievable for me personally. Obviously, scoring against Man United, but going down, 
and then scoring the first game, the first goal of the season again was, was unbelievable for me. But I think as a as a team, we needed to get that victory to to sort of get the monkey of getting relegated off mm. the back. Do, do you like wrestling? This isn't a question. Do you know? Are you aware um, of wrestling? Yeah, we had, we, we had me up watching okay. WrestleMania the other night. Yeah. Okay, you'll understand the question then. Uh, Woody says, "Who would win a Royal Rumble if all the playoff winning squad was entered, and what would your walkout music be?" So you know what a Royal Rumble is? It's yeah, all yeah. it's all the wrestlers in the ring yeah. at the same time, and they've all got to lob each other out, and the last man standing yeah. wins. So with the playoff uh, final squad, who'd win? The playoff final squad. The year we went up. Yeah. Um, you got to be thinking Evo. He's a big teddy bear, though. Is he? Teddy bear. He's all big and mean, but he's a big, cuddly teddy bear. <laughs> um, wouldn't like to mess with Cranes. Yeah, hard Scotsman. Crane, yeah, Cranes would be there. Um, Gillo. Gillo would be quite handy. Um, Saves your money on that. That'd be a tough one. Yeah, I'd say Cranes or Keith. Cranes wins. Cranes or Keith. Cranes yeah. or Keith. And what would your more walkout music be? It'd walk be uh, Zombie Nation. When I was at Leicester, um, oh, what was the song? Fire by Sabian. No, what's that coming over? Is it? Is it, is it a, a monster? monster? Is it a monster? Yeah, yeah that one. Yeah, that was that was, that was uh, Leicester used to sing. Uh, who's that gonna score? Uh, Lincoln, sorry, who's that gonna score the goal? It's Taylor Fletcher. Yeah. <laughs> there Taylor you Fletcher, go. Yeah. That's your tune. Uh, yeah, yeah, so that one. Yeah. Matt Smith, what's the one change that we'd make to football, whether it be a rule change or how football is run? Um, obviously, with all the controversy this year with VAR, that would be an easy one to do. Um, for me, um, I wouldn't mind seeing like a little bit of like, um, instead of VAR or a VAR, but you've got the manager got a challenge, so you get like two challenges a game or, or one challenge. A like game in cricket, wrong. Yeah, a bit like cricket, so something like that. So. You've got VAR, but they they decide decide if they want it looked at or not. You know, yeah, that'd be good, something like that. So it doesn't go on every every decision, but if the manager thinks, but as you say, nowadays they have the iPads anyway, so they can see. So they'd be like, yeah, that that was offside or or not, wouldn't he? But that would have been one one that sort of a little bit like cricket, yeah. Gary Ford, I was gutted when you left. If you were fit for the wet spam game, would we have won? Um, and what actually happened with your contract? I take it Numpty offered you a new crap contract, right? We've covered that, haven't we? And um, yeah, I think we've covered all of that. Yeah, really, we, would, we? we would have won. Yeah, we would have won. <laughs> go, Gary. Who would have won? Gary Ford, yeah. that is. Uh, Jordan Spears, what would you say was your biggest regret in the Premier League season from your view? Biggest regret? Um, Getting relegated, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> it's tough because you, you, you can't, it, it's hard to. to not have regrets. The probably the one thing was that Blackburn game. Probably um, Howard that, Webb that was the biggest regret. Yeah, of, yeah Howard Webb. Um, it's it's kind of we knew you kind of knew we were going to go down after that game, didn't you? I, I had an horrible feeling. I thought um, it's in the stars now. I, I, yeah, I don't know, but just as you say, I think to myself, right? I, had the, I was keeping the ball in the corner and. Instead of staying in the corner because the way they've closed me down, I've turned and gone towards goal. But even so, it was a free kick or a corner. It was definitely a corner. I was right in front of yeah, it. it. I was right. It I was, was right in front. It was, but if I would have just stayed in the in the corner flag, that would never have happened. Yeah. Or it, it might have happened. You don't know. So. It's all ifs and buts, isn't it's it? All, yeah, yeah. Right. Finally, it's a real doozy. Rob Baker, 
what's what's your opinion on the Oystons? And do you feel any resentment towards for them for the way they manage the club? And Ooh. more to yourself, I would imagine. But that's not. Yeah, it, it's it's it, there's you know. I, I don't think you really yeah, need to answer this. It, I think we all know, yeah, really, don't we? Everyone knows. They gave me the chance to play in the championship, and I actually quite like Carl because I knew what you you knew what you were going to get. You, you know. He, on a one-to-one basis, he's all right to chat to. I've yeah. said this. I've, I've spoken to him a few times Brett. myself. He's like he's he's reasonable company. Yeah, Brett. Brett puts it the best way that he doesn't stab you in the back. He stabs you facing <laughs> you, looking at you. You know, you know, you know, you know. And, and that's a great analogy. Honest with it. At least he was honest with it. You know what I mean? You, you, you the people who, who you, you resent more are the ones who who stab you in the back and you don't see it coming. But with Carl, obviously, we all knew what he was like. But as I said, one-to-one, he, he, he was used to get on with him well. And that was probably one of the reasons why I was the player, the, the, the player, the one who went and spoke with him about all the, yeah. the, the money and stuff and things like that. And as you say, he, 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 he was honest. The, thing, the one thing that went against him was he wasn't a football man. Oh, I think that's a great, that's a great uh, line to to end this series yeah. of podcasts on. Don't he? He doesn't stab you in the back; he stabs you in the face. Yeah, yeah. stabs your face in you, <laughs> looking look into your eyes. So, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, right. Cheers, Gary. I mean, this has been a absolutely brilliant three days no of uh, recording. Yeah. I've, had a, I've, had a, I've had an absolute blast doing this. Ten, it's been great. Ten hours all together. Yeah, isn't it? Three, six, so, four tonight. I'll spend yeah. another couple of days editing it all out and we'll, I'll get it all out no there. Problem. But um, just to, to let the listeners know, we've got something else, another big treat on the way. So uh, Yeah, we've got something planned. So Should we'll we just keep it, we'll keep it under wraps? It's going to be big. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. big. <laughs> no problem. Enjoyed it. Right. right thanks a lot again, guys. It's been uh, really good no really good having you on and uh, we'll speak soon. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. See you later. See you later. Bye. Bye. Oh, just a few quick messages before you head off. I'd just like to ask if you haven't already to please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. It helps the show grow, gain more exposure. So if you go to seasiderspodcast.co.uk forward slash review, that'll redirect you to the iTunes review site. So if you could do that, that would be greatly appreciated. Just to make you aware, you can listen to this show on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, Pocket Casts and Google Podcasts. And if you're not listening to this on a podcast app, I highly encourage you to do so because it is the best way to listen because you get them sent automatically. If you're on social media, we are on there. So please do give us a follow. If you're not doing so already, we're on Facebook, Twitter and YouTube. Seasiders Pod is my handle. So I'm sure if you search for that or just Seasiders Podcast, you'll find us on there. So if social media is not your thing, we do have an email list. So if you want to sign up to that, you'll get an email whenever we do release a new show. So go to seasiderspodcast.co.uk forward slash email and sign up there. And finally, if you do enjoy what we're doing here and you want to chip in a few quid every month to help pay for our production costs and gear upgrades, please consider joining our Patreon supporter program where you'll get lots of exclusive content and services in return. So head on over to seasiderspodcast.co.uk forward slash support to find out more. Right, I promise that's the last you'll hear from me. See you on the next pod. Over and out. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. 
from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.